And welcome to Game Face, episode 361 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm here to host the next couple hours of awesome video game discussion. Alongside me to do that is Matt Kyle. Between the two of us, we have like almost 50 years of experience covering video games at this point. How many Assassin's Creed games do you think we've played, Matt? At I mean, this point, I played all of them. Right. So How many know. have there been at this point with all the spinoffs? And I want to say this is the 14th one. Is that right? Maybe I mean I haven't maybe I haven't played like the all the handheld crap. There's um, a couple of handheld ones. There were those kind of like almost indie like spinoff ones. Remember yeah, those little side scrollers? I played yeah. those. I, I don't think I played the DS one or the PSP one, but everything else. And I I played Liberation and then I didn't I bounced off it because the handheld controls sucked. Uh -huh. And then I played the remastered console PC one and that was much better. Yeah. But yeah, I played I played all of them. I did. I do think it's funny that the uh, that the new one opens with the 15th anniversary little like montage logo thing, which is cool. I, I like it. Yeah. But that was 2022. Right. Um, yeah. And you didn't release anything. <laughs> Oops. So I guess we're just going to use that until the 20th anniversary. I don't know. I guess we haven't figured it out. They sure lucked out that Jesper Kid wrote them a banger of a theme song back in really? the first one. Like, cause they, it's true. they're still carrying them. Still great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we haven't figured it out yet. We're going to talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage on today's show. Also, some gigantic news happened just this morning, which sent me into a scramble trying to get everything together to get it into the show. There was a big story that broke today. We're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3's multiplayer. I've been playing the beta for the last four or five days, four days, I guess it's been now. Um, we're going to talk about a, a game that I talked about on the show before that I thought was terrible. And that, now that I've played it, I've actually had a change of heart. Uh, which doesn't happen all that often anymore for me after all these years of covering video games. So we have an awesome show for you guys. Pretty excited about it. Matt, how has your week been in general? Playing a lot of Assassin's Creed, I'm guessing. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, Cocoon. Uh, Cocoon, Forza. you ended up playing it. What did yeah. you end up thinking of it? Um, It's a video game. You don't like it? I don't dislike it, but it's, I don't see what makes it so special. Really? It's just another indie puzzle game to me. Wow. So you're the way outlier there. It's yeah. got a 90-something Metacritic. Yeah, well, I okay. So does Baldur's Gate. I think that's a, not as amazing as everyone else does either. So, hmm. um, well, I definitely disagree with that one, too. I think, uh, <laughs> I think they're both awesome. I think it, uh, it's, it's fine. It's good. But, like, I don't... I, I don't know. I'll say this. I would never have sort of attributed any significance to the fact that you only use one button if you hadn't said anything about it last week. Don't you think that that shows you how cleverly designed it is, though? No, I, it, I don't know. I is, is that you that, never even dawned on you? You're only using one button no, the whole time. Not really? That's cr that's like genius. A couple of times I've been like, it would be nice if it was a different button to swap the orbs or something, just to make it a little <laughs> less hold the button. It would get me there faster. Yeah. Um, I can tell it's by someone who did Journey. Yeah. Uh, like there's the the DNA's there. Yeah. But like yeah, I just I just don't find it that. I don't find it that clever, frankly. Interesting. Um, well, you're a huge outlier there on that one. It's cool. Yeah, don't make me wrong. But uh, it's cool, but like, okay. Like, Why do you I, think your opinion is so different on it from everyone else? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't see what's different. It's sort of like I felt about Inside. I don't see what's so different no, about No, I'd this. agree with that game. I don't see what's... By this one. I just don't see what's so different about this and what a bunch of other games I've done, I've played, or like, oh, I... I don't see a lot of difference between this and like the usual puzzle solving thing like Greece or 
or tunic or well i think it's like the that. sort of the world upon world puzzle solving the, the dimensions sort i of. guess but it's just i mean you're just, it's just switching maps like it's like aesthetically it's a cool idea but like it, mechanically as a game like i don't it, it, i don't know like it just it doesn't it doesn't overcome my ability to see the levers and pulleys behind the the set if, hmm. if that makes any sense like i mean i know I, what you're trying to say but yeah just, i don't necessarily agree with it but right <laughs> i know what you're trying I just, to say I, I don't know it just doesn't like well, it's too cool bad. i'm really disappointed to hear that i really thought you would like it it's cool i just i don't it's I, like i would give it like an eight like okay, I, I mean that's still pretty good yeah it's not but <laughs> I, I thought you're talking like fours or fives no, here the way you're no, just talking about but it. like if you tell someone who thinks this game is the most amazing thing they've ever played that you give it an eight they act like you're giving it a four. Oh, um much like Baldur's well, i mean Gate. it's only the metacritic's only at one point higher than what you you're rating it right but that's a gulf to someone who thinks it's the greatest thing they've ever touched which is well i don't bizarre. think anyone said that about it i've I seen think... two people say that oh wow i've seen two people say it's the best thing they've played all year and one person that's, that's probably and one person say that it's the best thing they've played all decade which is only three <laughs> okay, years okay that, which is only three three four that, years from that perspective like, i agree with you they're they're way out of bounds but i think the game's great i really enjoyed it um and again it's on it's, game Pass. i mean it's good i just i it surprises me that anyone thinks it's that special hmm. um because it's i mean i honestly can't think of another game like it matt like you said greece i don't think greece is anything like this game <laughs> i mean it's side scrolling instead of top down but I, I just don't i don't know like i i it's cool but it doesn't it doesn't stand out to me the way something like hades does or um like, well hades was game of the year yeah <laughs> i mean well not to me but it but was, to a lot of people it was, it was up there yeah. but like again but yeah so i'm picking a game of the year to say I, that stood out to me as a game of the year this does not it's hmm. just it's cool it's a nice little game what but, indie games have you liked more this year um dave dave the diver for sure it, I, oh that's not really an indie game because nexon made it but like i think it's know, an indie game uh, it's not i mean people it, it's funded by a giant international mega corporation and mm -hmm. made by a developer it's an indie it. style game it's not yeah absolutely styled um yeah. but it's the same way it's like you know indie either means what it means or it doesn't like i don't think it does anymore i think people when you say indie they're just like oh it's like a cool concept that's not the production values aren't crazy out of the yeah, out of that's here. that's not what i mean but i mean independently funded. literally i mean like, independently they didn't pay funded. for it themselves yeah, i don't think that that's useful for people though matt people don't care how it's paid for they want to know what but, is the well game then we like. need a different word because indie means in, it literally means independent i mean i use lower budget sometimes to describe games like that yeah but, but again David the Diver wasn't particularly low budget. I mean, way lower than way lower than Cyberpunk, which yeah. is a, which is an indie game. CD Projekt Red is an independent studio, and that's why I don't think that that's the, using it in that way is useful for people because no one's going to look at Cyberpunk and be like, "That's an indie." Well, game. it depends if you're if you think the importance of an independent indie game is that it's independently funded and not part of the giant megacorp system then it is important if i just you, don't if, think you ju if you just mean <laughs> i just think people want to know what kind of game is it to play well then indie doesn't mean anything one way or the other it's just and you can see that it, dave the diver is a pixel art game so yeah all you got to do is describe how it plays at that point yeah which i don't think we need a term for that genre because no one else is ever going to make another dave the diver except maybe nexon well i think there'll be a sequel to it for probably sure. but like yeah. i don't think that's going to be one of the next you're not going to need a metroidvania term for that one yeah but uh which is unfortunate because i would play be interested in more and i like got space version of that mm. yeah that might be cool maybe that's what the next one will be space dave, dave the astronaut yeah but uh no i just it's 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 nice i just didn't like it, if you, if I had played that just sort of on my own, and you had told me that that's one of the highest rated games of the year, I would have been stunned. Hmm. Like, not that it would have gotten high ratings, but like, 
that it was that high is surprising to me. Okay. Maybe people just needed a palate cleanser after all this AAA stuff Maybe. they've been drowning in. Well, the good news is, and I know people get angry when I say this, you can play it for free on Game Pass. <laughs> for some mm-hmm. reason, people get really get their uh, their stick in the mud over saying things are free on Game Pass. But well, because Game Pass isn't free. Right. So I agree with them on that. It's just you'll notice I never say that. Yeah, you say that. Yeah. I don't. I, it's it's on, me, I say it's on Game Pass. Yeah, but it is not free. You have to pay for Game Pass. Well, I think that's sort of you. It's the same discussion as the indie. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> because like, cause you're sticking. Mean, you're being a stickler for the very no, definition I'm, of it. I yeah. just believe that words mean things. So yeah. I mean, obviously, I do too. I'm a journalism major. <laughs> well, again, if I were your editor, I wouldn't let that one slide. What using free free, free on Game Pass with uh, yeah. indie? I probably would. I mean, you, it, you kind of have to, or you'd probably be fired. It means a bunch of <laughs> Let's <things>. be honest. <laughs> but anyway. Otherwise, you need some editor's notes like crazy on something like Dave the Diver, because people are just going to look at that and be like, oh, it's an indie game. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's run by the, the giant Nexon Corporation, which for some reason started funding weird little games to play on non-Nexon platforms. Well, ne- the thing about Nexon is, like, it's only a big publisher in Korea. Here, mm-hmm. it really is kind of an indie publisher. It's small. Like, it doesn't release a lot of games. Like, a lot of his games are free to play. Like... Um, it's perce- the perception of Nexon here is way different than it is overseas. Yeah, but it's still a billion-dollar megacorporation. Yeah, it still has a lot of money, for sure. Uh, so anyway, hope you guys have had a great week since the last time we got together. Hope you guys have been playing some great games. We definitely have been playing a ton of games. Some of them great, some of them not quite as great. Um, let's ch- check in with you guys and see what y'all are saying to kick off the... Oh, I can't do that yet because I did not send you guys into our TriCaster. Give me just one second, and I'll get you guys in here. Um... I saw some people in the chat didn't even know the big news that hit today, which means you have not gone to sifted.net this morning because it is right there, front and center. Um, if you're wondering what I'm hinting at here with all the big news, that's what I'm talking about. It's the biggest story on Sifted right now. Um, okay, we got you guys in here. Uh, Supermaster Gamer, thank you for Twitch Prime. 52 months, that's awesome, man. We appreciate it. Um, what else we got here? People talking about Cocoon. Um, any other Twitch Prime? Texture Glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, Talimper, thank you. Big Dave Lazard, thank you. Um, Vincent listing out all the Assassin's Creed games. I can't tell what number he came to there, though. Um, so four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve, thirteen for Mirage, fourteen if you count Liberation. Okay. Which I would, because it did get I a would console too. release. Yep. Johnny Hurricane, what's up, brother? Hope you're doing good, man. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, uh, Eric Cartman is here crying. <laughs> Sour Grace from Eric Cartman is, Steelers would be winless without J.J. Watt. The funny thing is, it's T.J. Watt, not J.J. Watt, number one. And number two, you're seeing your hopes of winning our bet going down the toilet. <laughs> now you're scrambling. Also, like, yeah, the, the 49ers wouldn't have been as good in the 80s without Joe Montana. Yeah, it's but like, like, okay. But, but they did have Joe Montana. <laughs> if the so Steelers didn't have the best if, defensive player, they wouldn't guess, be good. I guess you might win the bet against <laughs> alternate universe, Shane, but not this one. So That's three wins for the Steelers. I got six more to go before I win our $50 bet. And I'm feeling pretty damn good about it. What another Y'all thing you should that, know better than to bet on football against Shane. Well, like, well betting is I don't even bet. I, on I know when and when not to to <laughs> engage you in a in a game of chance, sir. Well, the funny part is like I never bet on football because it is so random. Like nobody's mm-hmm. good at it. Like all my buddies are gamblers. They all lose their asses. And I, the way I look at it is like if they want to spend their money to right. be entertained. But like, my point I'm is fine with it. But, but my point is when when it comes to football, if Shane's willing to take the bet, you should not make that bet. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he's probably thinking Shane's a Steeler fan, so he's being a homer, but I'm actually not yeah, a homer. Yeah, but you don't do that. I look at the Steelers maybe more critically than I look at other teams. Like, I never, like, overinflate, like, what I think they're going to do. And maybe he thought I was doing that. I don't know. But all I need now is six more wins, and I win the bet. And uh, they have a ton of games left against I've a bunch s- of really bad teams. I've so. seen you outright criticize the entire, like, method of the Steelers' defense and how they've been run for years on end right after doing the big nasty D cheer right. before a big play. <laughs> And like that something happens and you're like, well, actually, this is because this, this, this and this and that's not going to happen to that. But big nasty D go. (laughs) I'm still going to root for him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, like like you're you're very open about how hopeless it is when it comes down to that. Yeah, I'm very honest about the Steelers. But anyway, honestly, I think it's going to come down to like the last couple weeks. Like I think the Steelers are going to win nine or ten games. I don't think they're going to win like 14 Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I think it's going to get close. But I don't think you thought it was going to be close. (laughs) And I think you're starting to sweat a little bit. So we'll see how it goes. But it should be fun to follow throughout the NFL season but my Steelers are three and two and number one in their division and I'll take it because they really are not very good it has been been fun watching my friends up north talk about the Niners just because of how weird well they're just dominant yeah well with with Mr. Irrelevant who was not supposed to be any kind of the very last draft pick in the draft is one of the best quarterbacks in the league it's pretty awesome Um, Andy T. Monahan, thank you for sliding in there subscribing at tier one that's awesome Uh, Justin Horman thank you for subscribing at tier two that's awesome Uh, what else we got here I think that's it I think that's all we got. Um, AJ the Legend says, Hope Shane rolls out October 22nd for Steelers versus Rams. I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. The Steelers are playing here in LA in a couple weeks. And the tickets are insane. <laughs> the prices are crazy. I'm going to try to make it. We'll see. Um, as of right now, though, the prices I think are too high. I just can't really afford to go, which sucks. But that's kind of where we're at with the NFL. Ticket prices are just outrageous. So we'll see if I can find a cheap ticket on StubHub like the morning of the game. Maybe I'll slide in there. And if I do, AJ, we will meet and we will tailgate together. I hope your Rams fan fan friends aren't going to hate me for tailgating with you. Uh, but I, you know, I harbor no ill will against them. Hopefully they can say the same. So. Anyway, I think with that, it's time to get on with the housekeeping for today's show. Um, I was teasing a little bit about a big story that broke this morning, and that big story is that the PlayStation 5 Slim is real. It is absolutely real. We showed it to you not that long ago on the show. Somebody on Twitter had posted a video of a new PlayStation console. The person who posted it didn't even really know what it was, which is kind of the crazy part. Um, and as it turns out, it was the PlayStation 5 Slim. So I'll start going through some of these images here so you guys can see it. Um, notice when it lays on its side, it has a little kickstand, Matt. Do you see it there yeah. on the front? Isn't yeah. that weird? Is it a kickstand or like a plastic stand that goes underneath it? I mean, yeah, but it's a kickstand or whatever. But is it like, what I'm saying is like, is it a long way? No, I think you like snap it onto the console. I don't think it's like mm-hmm. built into the console. No, but it's not because it looks in the picture. It almost looks like a little peg. Yeah, it's like an actual kickstand, but I, I imagine it's an actual long wedge of plastic. It looks like something you just snap onto the console, yeah. and it just kind of keeps it from rocking back and forth. Um, but I don't know if you guys remember that video. It, the the case was cut, and we were like, "Wow, that's weird. Mm. Would they do it that way?" Well, absolutely, they did end up doing it that way. Um, here is an image of the. So the news is that this is replacing the current PlayStation Five. Um, both. Disk drive and digital versions of the Slim are on the way. They're coming in November. Um, the, the difference here, though, is you're seeing the digital version right now, and you can buy a Blu-ray drive separately to attach onto your digital-only console and turn it into a disk-based console. So now you have the option 
um, of turning it into a disk-based console if you want to. And obviously, they built the plates there to fit around the drive if you decide to install it. I'm guessing if you don't have the drive, that space is just empty in there. Mm -hmm. um, but pretty clever how they've done that, I think. Um, and it does give people options. Now, the catch here, though, is that the digital version of the console is now an extra $50. Mm -hmm. But the other catch is both versions of this new console have one terabyte of storage space. So you're getting the extra 320 gigs or whatever the hell it is mm -hmm. um, for, for free with the disk version for an extra 50 bucks on the digital version with the option to use the, the external Blu-ray drive with the console if you want to. Um, Matt, what are your initial impressions of this? Still ugly. Yeah. And I don't, I, I, get, I guess, like, who cares is sort of my reaction to that. I mean, I, I know you say it's like a big, but genuine, like genuine question. Why is this big news? Other than the, the leak was correct again. Because to leaks me, are always correct all the time. The funny He's part like, yeah. is that the big news to me is the extra hard drive space. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I am so sick of deleting crap off of my PlayStation 5 hard drive. I still haven't installed like a little like mini, mini drive like I got you for Christmas last year. I still mm -hmm. don't have one. So I'm constantly, especially right now with all the games coming out, I'm constantly deleting stuff to make stuff fit on my PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. So that terabyte hard drive makes a big difference for me. Yeah. But otherwise, I am going to have to make a big decision when Spider-Man 2 comes out. Why? Because my drive's full. Well, didn't have you installed the one that I gave you? I have not. Oh, well, but even if it. even if I had, it would still be full. That's an extra terabyte, though. Well, it it, it replaces the existing. Uh, -uh. One. no, it adds on to it. It's additional. Does it? Mm -hmm. I thought you replaced it. No, uh, -uh. it's additional one. space. Yeah, mm. so you have one point six gigs or whatever after you install that, which should be okay. Mm. Like it's a hell of a lot better than just point six. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, um, I usually just trans. I copy this stuff over to the external drive and just copy it back when I want to play mm -hmm. it. That's what I did with Horizon. Horizon's gigantic, so almost all games are anymore. The the file sizes have gotten out of control, which yeah. is really the big problem, <laughs> honestly. Um, my question, Matt, is what happens with the PlayStation Five plates now? I guess they just sell new ones. You think they're going to sell new ones for these new models? Well, they'll have to. Yeah. Or they'll stop selling plates, I guess. But like. It, considering you have the modular plate option for the added disk drive, like it seems like that's already built into the thing. Like you can swap the plates out. Yeah, they haven't announced anything about that yet. Um, well, one thing at a time. Yeah. Some more information about it, though. According to PlayStation, um, the the new console was reduced in was reduced in volume by more than thirty percent and in weight by eighteen percent and twenty four percent. Uh, depending on which uh, model you get, either the digital version or if you get the disk drive version. Um, it's coming in November, as I said. The price for the disk drive version is the same. The price for the digital version is $50 more than you're, than you're used to. Of course, as I said, one terabyte of storage for both of those editions. Um, the, let's see. I don't think they've said yet. Oh, okay. They do. They have announced the price for the Blu-ray disc drive. So the the standalone Blu-ray disc drive is sold separately for eighty bucks or one hundred and twenty euro. Hmm. So it's a little bit more if you're in Europe than it is here. But eighty bucks for an external Blu-ray drive—that's not terrible. No, but you might as well just buy the disc drive version. <laughs> yeah. I guess you are saving what twenty bucks there. Twenty bucks if you do that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There's also a new stand. It does which look better you. without it, but yeah, who cares? This is a new stand that they have for both vertical and horizontal. Although for horizontal, it doesn't work. That's why you need that little kickstand piece mm. of plastic that you use. Um, I mean, it looks nicer than the original. Yeah. Little metal, little metal brush there. 
Yeah, this is the hor- so this is the horizontal stand, and then you have to buy a vertical stand separately, oh, which classy. You don't really need it. I have my when I stand up my PS5 without the stand, it's fine. Like you don't even need a stand really to set it per- to set it vertically if you want. But if you do want the stand, that's an extra thirty bucks as well. Um, I guess Sid Schumann said that um, to address the evolving needs of players, our engineering and design teams collaborated on a new form factor that provides greater choice and flexibility. I guess I would agree with that. I guess. It gives you more options, at least. Um, and then he continues, the same technology features that make PS5 the best to play are packed into a smaller form factor, along with an attachable Ultra HD Blu-ray, Blu-ray drive and a one terabyte SSD for more internal storage. So, yep. And they say, once inventory is sold out for the current launch PlayStation 5, that's it. The new model will become the only one that's available. Mm-hmm. So, what did I think we expected? But there are 40, there's like 40 million of the OG version out there. So there's a lot. There's a lot of people who have not bought plates yet um, for their PlayStation. So maybe they just are like, we just discontinue it and everyone just has to buy this, the white. I don't think anybody, if anyone who really cares has already done it. Yeah. Like it's, most people I know do not give a shit. Like even if you put black or whatever plates on that thing, it's still ugly. Yeah. I don't know if I'd agree with that, but. It looks, definitely looks better with black. I think it's one of the worst looking consoles ever made. I think um, the having which a I didn't really color. think I didn't really think when it launched, but like as more and more time has passed and the luster of the new have worn off it, every time I look at them, it's like you're an ugly mother. You are one ugly motherfucker. I'll be honest. I feel like most PlayStation consoles aren't all that attractive. No, they aren't. They like aren't. the PS4 was so simple that it couldn't really be ugly or attractive. Yeah, but at least like it's the first PlayStation con- console that I feel like non-gamer people look at and go like what the fuck is that on your shelf yeah like what is that like what what and not in like a good curious way and like like, why do you have this giant slab (laughs) of nonsense on your it's like it's just some people may think it's like an encanter or like an incense like burner (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's pretty funny like somebody like somebody trying to talk into it like it's an alexa thing but go back i mean look at the playstation 3 people made fun of that thought it looked like a grill yeah, I mean, that's also an ugly console. PlayStation 2 was kind of like PlayStation 4. It was so simple. It's hard to say it was yeah, ugly or just, attractive. It's just, it's just there. But PlayStation 1 wasn't a good-looking console. No. Like, I don't feel like Sony's hardware engineers are really aesthetically all that good, but I they did do like, make good hardware ultimately. I did like the PS1, like the mini revamp they did late in its life. The, little, the really little the one? tiny little white they one. They almost made it look like a CD Walkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of like that one. Because they're so tiny. Yeah. It was so crazy, but it's like carry it around almost in your pocket and take it to your friend's house to play. And I mean, I have, I have like the, 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 the scene, one of those old, the old gray PS1s like makes me angry because I had to fight that thing so much to make it play, you know, turn it upside down, lean against things like the, you know, and then you'd see it forever at like various, like, sh- like people, DJs carried the, the original around with the, with the three RCA outputs yeah. forever for whatever reason they believe the audio was better or whatever. Yeah, coming out of the PlayStation, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the, the reader, the eye on it was like way better than what you're getting yeah, in like, like when my, professional CD players. My original one broke and I got a new one because I didn't feel like sending it back to Sony and waiting three weeks or six weeks to get the repair yeah. in. And so I just got a new one, and it was the new one with the with the new plug. It didn't yeah. have the RCA outputs. And my friend, who was a DJ at the time in the East Bay, was like, "Do you want that?" I'm like, "It doesn't work, dude." He's like, "I will fix it. I know I know people who can fix it. I want." I'm like, "All right, sure." Like, yeah. He gave me like eighty bucks for it. Like it was at the time you could get like maybe thirty yeah. if you traded it in. But he gave me like a lot of money at the, for what it was. Yeah. And it, I didn't find it till later. It's like that was a it was a big DJ thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't really think this changes the fortunes of anybody, this new model. 
No. I mean, it's... I mean, it's, you might end up having to buy it if you wait long enough, I guess. Well, I mean, like, honestly, what it really did is it, it increased the profit margin on the hardware for PlayStation. Right. We didn't, it didn't benefit <laughs> us at all. But like, it, it benefited PlayStation. Because it's like, look, we'll tell people this is the new model, and only the digital version goes up in price, but meanwhile, we're making it for way less. And now we can actually maybe turn a profit on our hardware instead of losing money on the hardware or mm-hmm. breaking even on it. So it's working out for PlayStation and Sony, not necessarily for anybody else. Although I would argue a lot of people do think that PlayStation 5 is too big. Yeah, um, So it it, aesthetically, it may be a little more attractive to some people, but but overall, I agree I mean, with you. I mean, it's smaller, but it's still too big. Yeah. But and overall, like the, form I, fa- the form factor makes it awkward because it, you can't really integrate it into like an entertainment center and have other things like on you know, top. Like of I've it got other or, stuff on top of my PS4 or, yeah. or like that kind of you know the, the Xbox One. I had like action figures standing on like but like both of the new sy- these new systems. They're not even really new anymore. They're three years old. But like you, especially the, the PlayStation when it's on its side, it's like you're just devoting the size of a dinner setting, a place setting to this console, and there's nothing else you can do with that space. And yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. Uh, we got some comments in chat. Um, Contano says he agrees with you or she. I don't know if Contano is a guy or a girl. Um, he agree- they agree with you um, that they don't like seeing the PS5 next to the rest of his hardware. Um, MET Monahan has a question. So is the current digital PS5 model useless if the attachable drive isn't compatible? I can't imagine it's compatible. Yeah, because it doesn't look like it's a cable that plugs into like a USB no, port. No, it looks like it plugs in it like It hard wires yeah. into what looks like, like the slots. motherboard. Yeah. yeah. Like it looks like a cartridge. It does, yeah. So I'm guessing it's probably not compatible with the old digital one. And also, I mean, well, I don't think there's any port on the digital PS5 that would be fast enough to really send that much information. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's feasible. I would be surprised if it was compatible. Yeah, I really don't too. think so. Um. So what else we got here? Um, Kevin Roth asked, does the disk drive work for the current version? No. 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 Yeah. We already kind of went over that. I really don't, so, think, yeah, so. I don't think so. And even if you d- if it did, how would you put the plate over it? Because the plate's totally different. Yep. Noxator Nidus says that someone's saying the Pro is coming next winter, so stay tuned. That will be the bigger story, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what that even is, though. Like the big like the only thing you really need to get working is dlss or equivalent yeah i mean a power boost isn't going to be as important as getting like those frames rendered smoothly yep vincent is asking if the the 500 version's drive is detachable it doesn't look like it i mean you'd have to take the panel off and see yeah um maybe i mean it would make more sense if they were the same thing um the same model like so i would guess it probably is you think so yeah but you'd have to you're, buy, you're probably right actually but you'd have to buy a um a flat panel you're to right on. unless it comes with both panels maybe. yeah which is possible because if you're gonna put two panels in with the digital one then i don't know if you put, i don't see the... i don't think you do put uh two panels on the digital one i think the 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 disc drive cover panel just comes with the disc drive um well there was right here you can see the, there's the digital version without the hump. So either... Is that the slim? Yeah, those are the slim. The, where's the break? The what? Where's the break in the middle? Oh, you're right. You're right. That's the normal aren't. version. Yeah, let me go back to the trailer. At the end of the trailer, it shows them. Yeah. So you basically... I think I think the... the, the I think when you buy the disc, the Blu-ray drive, it comes with that humped panel to put over it. 
But if you get the digital... But see, there is a digital version without the hump. Right. So you're getting two panels. No, I don't think you get a hump panel with the digital version. Oh, so you think you buy the drive and then the panel right. comes with the drive. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Which means, yeah, that you wouldn't get an extra plate with the base, with the disc base version. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably, yeah, you're probably right, Vincent. You probably can remove the drive if you want to, but why would you want to? <laughs> Maybe yeah. to take it to a friend's I mean, house does, or something? It does look better without it, but... Without the hump, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And if I guess if, if you have the disk drive version, but you're not going to use the drive, you could take it out. I don't know. I guess. But you, you, <laughs> need, uh, you need to find a way, a way to get a flat panel. Yeah. Because I bet it doesn't come with that. Or, right, you have to buy the extra plates from PlayStation right. or whatever. It could be. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's the PlayStation 5 Slim. Again, it's, it feels like a big deal, but you really start thinking about it and talking about it. It's really not. Um, I also agree with the, the people in chat who are saying that the bigger deal is going to be the PS5 Pro that is rumored to come out next year. But the other thing, Matt, that I really realized is that there's no surprises in the games industry anymore. Mm. There really aren't. It's really hard to have a surprise anymore. Like we showed you. got to take the surprise as the leak. Yeah, you're right. Be surprised by the leak. Yeah. If you remember, we showed you this like two, three months ago. Some dude on Twitter had it. Mm -hmm. He had the cases anyway. And we talked about it for like 20 minutes, and as it turns out, it was legit. Like, almost every leak is true anymore. It used to be like 10% of leaks were true. Back in like the N64, Xbox 360, those eras, like, leaks were way less reliable than they are now. Like, I feel like there's hardly any surprises, which is a little disappointing. Uh, but I think as a consumer, it does help you kind of make informed decisions, at least. Um, uh, Andy T. Monahan asks, how many people are going to try and buy the current digital, assuming the drive is compatible with it? I don't know. That's messaging. That's what PlayStation is going to have to think the, out I don't there. think it is compatible with it. No, he's saying that like people will buy the drive thinking they can attach it to their old digital version and they're going to realize that they can't. I would assume the packaging on that external drive is going to have on it real big, mm -hmm. not compatible with original PS5 digital. That would be my guess. But if they don't do that, that could be a huge mistake. Well, at a certain point, you That's got... a job for the duck consulting agency. At a, at a certain point, if you're buying like hardware of this price level you gotta not be an idiot yeah so you would think <laughs> i don't know though maybe you have more faith in humanity than i do at this point matt <laughs> i don't but i just don't have any mercy on these if you do that too bad yeah <laughs> uh red hawk 1985 is saying he's he's trying to give twitch prime but he don't know if it's worked all you need to do to see if it worked is just go to our channel page and try to watch any of the episodes of pactor factor if you can watch pactor factor a week early that means that it worked um, and also keep your eye on episodes of Pactor Factor to have your name running in the bottom on the crawl because we'll get you in there. Um, and thank you very much, by the way, for doing that. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Digital Reflux says that's on the consumer. Uh, no, the, the manufacturer has to at least have it on the box. Like, they can't just ignore it. It doesn't matter what's on the box if the consumer's that dumb. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think most people, obviously, most consumers don't watch Game Face. They don't go to IGN. They're just like, I want to buy a PlayStation 5. And like, oh, now I want to make sure I have a drive for it. Like, I think maybe we oversell how informed the average consumer is compared to our audience. But I mean, uh, odds are the uh, consumer that is so uninformed they don't know that is also not going to be sophisticated enough to care whether something's on a disc or not. Yeah. Like, they aren't going to even know to buy that. Like... And at a certain point, the guardrail on that is going to be the employee who's going to like say like at GameStop or yeah, whatever. Well, if that exists hmm. anymore, it's really starting um, to look like it may not make it to the end of the year. Um, I mean, that, I've been saying I've been saying trouble. that for ten years. GameStop but, is in deep uh, trouble. Yep. Like Best Buy people are going to know one way or the other. Like usually, 
Something God of like Gamblers 33, so you do gamble on sports, says um, they have to label these consoles as the slim so people don't get confused with the launch digital versions. I agree with that as well. Yeah. Assuming there's any launch digital versions Left. around. Yeah. I mean, they, these things still sell out. Yeah, I mean, the crazy part is like, I still don't see PlayStation 5 sitting on yeah, store shelves. Like like, it's not like there's a big surplus of these things yeah. wait, waiting around to go home. Like, right. Yeah. This is going to be pretty much an instantaneous swap. It's like hand to mouth with yeah. PlayStation 5 still. So, yeah, that should help. Actually, actually help the consumer ultimately. It's the first time that has helped the consumer throughout this entire ordeal for people trying to find PlayStation 5s, which has been has gone on way longer than it should have. So, anyway, there you go. That's the PlayStation 5 Slim. Uh, once again, we broke this story like months ago. You guys knew about this quite a while ago, but it was almost like I think people just didn't believe it. Uh, but as it turns out, once again, a leak was accurate. And I really struggle to think of many leaks from the last few years that were not accurate. But here's one that might be as we move on in our housekeeping. Second story for housekeeping is that a listing was found for uh, for The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. This was another case where an employee... Oh, it was an employee put it yeah, on their on resume. Their, their, yeah, it was on LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah, yeah their, their LinkedIn listing. Um, which usually means those are like 95, 96% accurate. No one's going to put something on their resume if they actually haven't worked on it unless they they don't want to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some people might, but it'd be really dumb. But anyway, it appears that The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered is on the way. Matt, we talk about this all the time when we talk about remastered games, about whether it's soon enough or whether there's enough time has passed. How do you feel about this one? Because this game still looks amazing still looks pretty good i think you can you can probably pull a little bit of more specialty out especially if this is on the way for the pro which is what they did with last of us part one's remaster mm-hmm. um taking advantage of whatever the pro may offer if that turns out to be yep. true next year like real um, like real ray tracing yeah <laughs> like yeah. ray tracing that works yeah i mean <laughs> legit um and having something last of us on the shelves uh for people who watch the show to buy uh-huh um, especially when your second season is probably going to mirror uh, part two pretty pretty closely in places. Yeah, um, it makes. I mean, it makes sense from a business perspective to me. Yeah. Um, are, am I thrilled to pay seventy dollars again for that? I mean, sort of because I think it's one of the best games ever made. Yeah. Like, um, but it's like, yeah. I mean, I understand if you don't want to. I, I, you know, I get it. Like, and people are making very weird comparisons with this, where it's like, well, how come we were? It was only three years before they remade Mario Kart Eight for the Switch, and no one cared about that. And what? it's just like. Well, the Mario Kart Eight, the, re- the remake. I mean, for the it wasn't really remade. Well, it was a port. <laughs> it over was a pretty lazy port. It doesn't but, look really any better. Right, but than the, the point, Wii U version. But the point is, you can't fucking play the Wii U version on the Switch. Right. It's yeah, a it's fucking a dead disc. platform. Yeah. It's like stuck you can't there. put a DVD into the Switch. Yeah. You can put <laughs> Last of Us Part Two on the PS Five. Like yeah. it's not a re- meaningful comparison. I just struggle but, to find where the remaster would be meaningful. I mean, this game is stunning. It is still probably top five best looking games on the market. Yeah, but Naughty Dog never sleeps on that kind That's of. That's crazy. I mean, look. You're I, right I, I think it has. To, I think it has to be in, com- in conjunction with the Pro. That, yeah. That's the only thing that would because they, maybe they're going to bundle it in with the pro or something. I, no, they can definitely sell this separate. Um, but I think it will be one of the things they use to show off what the pro can, can do. do. Yeah, versus like the little because look, the power jump on this thing's not going to be Gigantic. astronomical. You're yeah. going to need comparison things yeah. to show. Oh, the ray tracing looked like this, and now it looks like this. It ran like this frame rate, and now it runs at this frame rate. Like g- games like games that like this are going to be helpful for that. Yeah. I'll bet you're going to see a Spider-Man two 
update, not a remaster, <laughs> but an update. You're right. A year later. <laughs> like Insomniac's going to do some kind of update where it's like now the ray tracing works right. Like yeah. they did with the original where it's like now you can play, um, uh, you know, you, you, there's a, there's, they did that mid-range thing where the ray mm-hmm. tracing's still on, but it runs at 60. Yeah. And it just sort of balances the settings. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so I can see that. So yeah, I, th- I think this is probably going to be sort of the flagship uh, title for the the eventual the pro. The pro, assuming that exists, and it seems to because it seems to be the whoever the guy reporting on that seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yep. So uh, this game is still just so stunning. Watching this B roll again, yeah. look at this, like <laughs> the water moving at the horse's feet. Like Naughty Dog does so many things with the visuals in his game that other developers are just like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but Naughty Dog takes the time to do it, um, which is why their games look so stunning and they're always the best looking on pretty much every platform they release games on. Yeah, so. I, think, I think it'll be probably a, a noticeable update. Yeah. Um, Horses' hair will look better, like stuff like that. Little, very little things. Yeah. But like, yeah, you know, you get real, you know, real ripples in the water versus, you know, canned animation or whatever. Cinetyke is asking, did they mention specifically remaster or PS5 version? Remaster. They said like, Last of Us Part 2 remastered. Yeah. Which that is, was the actual. What was actually in his. What resume. he actually wrote in the in the CB. You yeah. would think these workers would figure out like that you don't do stuff like this. I don't think. I mean, I think if you work on something that long, you know, maybe you're not paying a huge attention to the to the game market. You may not know it's not announced yet. Yeah. Or you're just like, look, man, I worked on The Last of Us Part Two. I'm putting that in my resume because it is tough for these game developers. It's like. I worked on this huge mm-hmm. project that will get me other better jobs, but I'm not allowed to yeah. talk about well, it. it could like, also get you jobs outside of the game space because people mm-hmm. know that title. The technology now. and everything. Yeah. But again, it makes sense to do this in the sense of, you know, Last of Us is Last of Us is the breakout video game property of the decade it so is. far. Yeah. So um, when my 67 year old aunt was talking to me about it, that's when yeah, I knew <laughs> you have to do this because you have to do something like this because. This is your opportunity to get people into the PlayStation ecosystem that might otherwise have never, ever touched it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. My aunt loved the show. And if you can get somebody into video games through the fucking Last of Us, they'll play anything <laughs> after it's that. true. Like, yeah. you've already played one of the big the big dogs. Like, yeah. there's nothing that should intimidate you after that. Well, if they're able to handle the show, they can handle the game. Yeah. Although, I would argue well, I mean, I maybe mean, this game's a little more I mean, intense than I mean, the show. Ter- I don't mean intensity, because I don't think they are. I mean the, I mean handling the controls. Oh, uh, play, actually playing, playing the, the video game. game. Gaia. Gaia. Yeah, subject matter, this is probably, the game is probably rougher than the show. Part two is. I mean, it's certainly more relentless about yeah. it. I mean, you're, ki- you're killing hundreds of people instead of like a dozen. And just the stuff that happens to the protagonists and all mm-hmm. that stuff, too. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You're right, because now all these mainstream people are on this franchise. It'll be interesting to see. Also, I'm guessing Naughty Dog is like, we can't get part three out soon enough. Like, we need to strike yeah. while this iron is hot. And that maybe that's why we're getting this game remastered. Well, yeah, like, well, you got to put something out there to capitalize on the synergy. Look at that shot right there, though. Look at the window reflecting in the water on the floor. Like, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. Like, I really can't wait to see what they do to make this game look better. Um, it's also crazy how good this game looks and how old it is at this point. They're still lapping most of the competition. It's yeah, it's still a PS4 amazing. game. Yeah. Uh, J. Reed Vic 7 says, it's probably, it probably also says PlayStation likely doesn't have a lot of other stuff coming soon, which is the other reason to re-release this. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about it in last week's show. I'm like, where the hell are all the first-party exclusives for PlayStation 5? There just aren't that many. So if you can get like a remaster of this um, that looks even better on PS5 Pro or even just on the base PS5, I mean, obviously, it's going to make a ton of money, and I don't think people are going to really rake you over the coals for it. So um, I think 
we probably come to the conclusion that this is a-okay. Like, I've already yeah. played it. That's cool. I'm not going to be pissed off that other people got to buy it for the same price and it looks better. Totally cool with it. And I think most people would be. So, yeah, I really struggle to see anything wrong with what they're doing here. It's a business yeah. and they need to make money. So. Like, if it was, if the show hadn't happened, I would be a little more mm, questionable. Yeah, I might cock an eyebrow then. But, like, you have to have some kind of synergy with this thing's breakout hit status. And the thing that makes the most sense is to put out a new version of the best game. I think the multiplayer... Because you can't get three done in time. Yeah. And three is going to be too much of a jump because you're not going to know... Like I th- I think the adaptation of what happens in two is going to take more than one season. Yeah. Um, it's in part also because they said, you know, Druckmann doesn't want to do the events of season three in the in the show before he does the game. Right. So you yeah. got to stall for about three years. Well, I think the multiplayer game was supposed to be the thing that they capitalized on. Yeah, probably. It just didn't work out, unfortunately. I think this is better. I, I think oh, someone yeah. who's into the show is going to be more interested in this than Fantasy. I'm more interested yeah. in this than the multiplayer game. Way more. I would play this again before I played multiplayer Last of Us. Guaranteed. If mm-hmm. you put those two in front of me and said pick one, Shane, I'd pick the Last of Us Part 2 remastered. Every time. Without a doubt. So... It's hard to complain when one of the greatest games ever made is being made better. Yeah. And I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. It's like one of the greatest games ever is going to be even better. And hopefully we get it in like a year's time. That's what the the word is on the street. It's coming next year sometime. Yeah, 2024 was the only thing that was yeah. vaguely existing. You know, but again, it does line up with the rumors about the pro. So yeah. that would be my guess. My guess also is that it will also come to PC day and date, right? Or do you think that they'll hold it as a console exclusive? Oh, I think they'll hold that. Will they? Well, because well, they. Might. I mean, That's I think. A good question. I mean, they don't have. It would be about the right time to put it on PC. Maybe it'll be interesting. Hopefully, to see how they hopefully, it. it's in better shape than the first one was. Right. Yep. I mean, they did fix that, but yeah, that was not a great launch. Yep, that's true. So anyway, there you go. The Last of Us Part Two Remastered probably coming mm-hmm. in 2024. Where's my PC version of Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, seriously. I mean, I would definitely like to see that all blown up on the on the on the on the on the forty ninety. Yeah, but again, it's like the the track record for PlayStation exclusives coming to PC has been so spotty. Like mm-hmm. maybe they're just taking their time to make sure that they get it right. Yeah, or maybe they're just only doing mega hits. Which, I mean, it, what did it end up selling? Like it's almost ten million. I thought. Yeah, but like maybe that's not an. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Days Gone it. made it over there. It's got to be right. Anything <laughs> can make it over there. Seriously, seriously. Uh, so anyway, big news for PlayStation fans, and they could use it right now because there aren't a lot of big first-party things coming down the pipeline that we know about right now, unless you're really into games as a service, which, where's Fair Games? Like, where are all those games that they showed? Where is it? Like What? Fair Games, like Jade Raymond's new game. Like, they showed it, and oh. then they just had that big state of play that it wasn't there. Like, I don't know. I think they're probably just waiting for next, you know, maybe... We'll- there does seem to be a thing of it's like, oh, cause just get this year done first. Yeah. So. Maybe the Game Awards, they show a gameplay trailer for that. Finally, we see the in-engine stuff for it. Oh, for Jade's thing? Yeah, for maybe. fair games, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I keep forgetting. But again, it's like a four-player cooperative high shooter. Do you want more of that? Yeah, that doesn't... There's a reason I didn't think of that, <laughs> yeah. I think. People weren't exactly salivating I, I, for our review of Payday 3 a couple I, weeks ago. I definitely feel like there's going to be a period where we have to really grind through all the games-as-a-service crap that Sony commissioned mm-hmm. to get back to the actual things we like from Sony's first Seems party. Seems like it. Because um, they're going to have to fall on their face. <laughs> I mean, at least Factions is already basically pre-killed. Yeah, that's true. Imagine having to sit through that and waiting for Naughty waiting. Dog like, to re- reallocate like you know resources. resources over to something else from that. Yeah. Um, Thank God Insomnia can sucker punch no better. Yeah. Yep. Um, another hardware-related topic for housekeeping today. We learned this week that Alan Wake 2 on Xbox Series S 
will only run at 30 frames per second. Um, does that seem like a big deal to you, Matt? People I mean, have been kind of freaking out about it, but I honestly... I mean, not, not if you have any concept of what the S's hardware is. Yeah. Like, this is the compromise you make for getting the lower price system. Yeah. There you go. Like, if you keep expecting these things to run the same, you're crazy. I would argue, too, that, like, do I need Alan Way 2 to run at 60 frames? Not really. I mean, it's always nice. It's nice. But I'm sure yeah. it is playable at 30. Yeah. Anything's playable at 30. Survival That's... horror games at 30 frames per second, I'm okay with it. Yeah, like, I played I Resident switched... Evil 4 Remake with the quality version instead of the frame rate. Yeah, but I switched over to Starfield at 30 on the, when I switched to X, from Xbox and PC and back, and it was mm-hmm. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. At first, I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? It's a slideshow. Like, like, five deal minutes that. later, I'm fine. It's like, fine. As long as it's steady. Locked. As long yeah. as it's locked at 30, I'm totally cool now, with it. I don't know if this will be locked at 30, but like, yeah. it, I, 30 on its own is not the end of the world. Yeah, me either. I feel like this is something that's really overblown with video yeah. games. Well, it's an e- it's an easy metric to sort of uh, console war around. Yeah, you know, like, you're right. oh, it runs this on this, PlayStation, but, but this runs this on Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I usually see it. Used. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, now I will say this: a game we're going to talk about in a little bit, which is Call of Duty multiplayer. Sixty frames per second does make a difference there. Yeah, um, I would prefer to have the snappier turning and things like that for a competitive shooter. If I'm just playing single player stuff with the as long as the inputs campaign. also run at 60 frames a second, yeah, exactly, yeah, because that is because then you run into the frame pacing problem, which is plagued from for many many games. Yep. Oh, Swanland, thank weird. you for Twitch Prime. I see you slid in there. Um, Surf Spider asks, "Is an upgrade path for current owners would be appreciated, but Sony won't based on part one." I don't know how you would upgrade good. Do that, like send in your old one, and they give you a new the new one for a hundred. I think you just pay, I think you'd pay like half price for a digital upgrade would mm. be the way i would go with that but sony yeah sony doesn't seem to be interested in that yeah but again this is i think this is one of those stories with alan mm. wake 2 at 30 frames per second they, that people freak out about but it doesn't matter they to me. did kind of do that with tsushima though with the, the 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 expansion for tsushima did give you like the next gen update if you bought it oh that's right yeah i forgot so about that there, so there is precedent i don't know like we'll yeah see. I'd be surprised. Yeah, though. that would that would it would surprise me. Because <laughs> also, I think the gap in between yeah, the two also, versions. Yeah, but also like, look, I love Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is no The Last of Us. No, The Last of Us does not need to give you anything for free. Yeah, yeah. People will buy it. People will come, Ray. Oh yeah, they absolutely. will buy it. Yep. Are you excited for Alan Wake Two, Matt? No, it's coming out here not we've, too long from now. No, we've been we've been over this. I have yeah. zero interest in this game, really. Like, I I just don't care about it. I can't even really explain why. Nothing I've seen about it looks interesting in the slightest. Uh, and I like I love control. Like I like Remedy stuff for the most part. I'll play it because we're going to talk about it. But mm-hmm. it's just like it just looks like every other horror game in existence at this point. And I've already played too many this year, and I only liked one of them. So, and it was the remake of the 20-year-old one. Yeah. So, it's like, <laughs> I don't it's know. It's going to be tough to beat the Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah. <laughs> like it just is. Um, I hope this is one of those games that I'm pleasantly surprised by. Like a game that I played for today's show, actually. I was pleasantly surprised by. So, hopefully this is yeah, another one. It just, looking at, even just looking at this, it just makes me tired. <laughs> I'm saying, okay. It looks a lot like Silent Hill to me, honestly. It does. It, a little bit, yeah. yeah. But, like, as someone who gave up on Silent Hill many <laughs> years ago... <laughs> I mean, don't even talk to me about the fucking Silent Hill 2 remake at this yeah. point. Like, whenever that's coming out. Yep. I do I do love that Sam Lake is still in it. Like, there's, like, the guy with <laughs> Sam Lake's face. It's like, oh, is that, is that old, like, previous Max Payne from another dimension is here? He'll put himself in everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, the fans seem to like it, so whatever. 
<laughs> All I know is that every time he shows up at the Game Awards or something and starts talking, I'm like, the fact that he doesn't sound like Max Payne throws me completely off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he starts talking, he's got, like, the, the Scandinavian accent. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be depressed and, and angry and, <laughs> and, and, and gruff. After all the data, uh, Scorpius Finest is asking, is Alan Wake 2 coming to Game Pass? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not that I remember. Because don't forget, it's not an Xbox exclusive anymore, like the first one was. It's now multi-platform. So I don't think it is. I don't remember seeing anything about it. Maybe someone in chat can clarify, which is why our chat is flipping awesome. Um, maybe we need to talk more about Series S, Matt. Maybe once, don't, now that we have the data that like 75% of Xbox owners hey, have the what Series is, S. What is Red Fox 1980, why does Matt give Microsoft a pass for this? It was sold as a next-gen console after three years. It's garbage. Not everybody's as informed or as the cash to buy a Series X. It's literally impossible for old it's it's barely next gen hardware it's it's absolutely what if the, the time to give not give microsoft a pass for this one was when they decided to sell it it's like because the xbox that's what it one is. x2 basically yeah like yeah. what are you going to do with it like yeah. it's it, it also said it represents 75 years into the, of it's the three year, yeah it's three years into the next generation and things are games are doing things that you cannot run on hardware that week so I almost feel like you're I'm, lucky it's still on there. Frankly, yeah. like like Microsoft would be more the Microsoft I know from back in the day would be more likely to just be like, well, we're just not going to put these things on the system anymore. Yeah, at least it's still there. I almost feel like for the purposes of informing you guys and girls um, that I made a mistake buying the the Series X that I should have bought Series S because that is the experience that most people are getting when they're playing Xbox games now. Like, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. Yeah, oh, we couldn't have. But is it in hindsight, it turns out, like I probably should have got the Series S. And I will say this, when that console was coming out, I was shocked how many people on Sifted were saying they were getting the Series S. And I should that should have pinged something in my brain that like, hey, if our audience is getting the Series S instead of the Series X, that probably mm. means that a lot of other people are doing it too. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, 30 frames a second is fine. Yeah, it is it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I agree. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care either. If you want, if 60 FPS is that important to you, spend the extra hundred fucking dollars. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's barely put, a dollar a frame. Well, then you could, <laughs> then you could put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're really that bummed out about 60 frames or whatever, then... Spend the extra cash and get the the one that can do it. So, assuming the, the Series X even plays it steadily, yeah, it's sixty. We'll, well see. we'll be talking about Alan Wake two here in the next couple of weeks on Game Face, but we're going to be talking about it within the context of Series X and not S. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. Or PC, or PC. I, I may get in it your on case, PC. but although it's on Epic, it's Epic Game Store, so I usually don't like to do that as yeah. much. But I don't know why. I mean, I'm less also because you have a huge library on Steam, right? I'm also less inclined to give tim sweeney a buck these yeah, days <laughs> after he laid off like yeah a thousand people from a company where they're making money hand over fist yeah I, I hear you on that one so anyway there you go alan wake 2 coming up pretty soon here in a couple weeks we'll be talking about it on a future episode of game face don't have much longer to wait uh next up i didn't even realize this matt but it is the 20th anniversary of call of duty mm. when i heard that like at first i was like it's been 20 years and then i was like it's been 20 years because <laughs> i've played all of these games like one after another every year not just played them but played them extensively um so it's pretty amazing that this franchise is this big and it's only been around for 20 years like most franchises that sell like this one have been around since the uh-huh. old school days although when if you're really being honest about it call of duty started in 2007 yeah um call of duty modern warfare yeah is what starts is what the, is, became is the starting pistol yeah, really yeah. Um, but yeah, the original, which most people have never played, yeah, um, uh, you know, the was PC only, 
and was a health used health packs. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I remember going to the the launch event for that and seeing Vince and all those guys because they were so excited they weren't working for EA anymore. And yeah. oh boy, if you could have just told them the future. <laughs> um, Full circle. Yeah. There was Call of Duty Two. We went to that event in the Presidio for that. Um, I didn't got. I didn't go. Oh, to I thought that. you did go with no, me. No, my, my Call of Duty Two experience was. I was sent to uh, Infinity Ward to review it for the Xbox 360 launch thing mm-hmm. we were doing, you know, the big yeah, the big blowout doing. we did. Yeah. And I remember being completely bummed about it because like no one wanted to do it, and they ended uh, up sending me because like I'm like, oh god, another World War II shooter. Like, yeah. And I sat down and like was blown away by it because it was I had no idea of how with the level they were working on at this point. And we sat down for lunch, and they're all like. So what did what did you think about it? And I'm just like, what the fuck, man! Like, I was like, like I was like shell shocked a little yeah. bit. I was like, I was like, I don't know what to t- say at this yeah. point. And I always say, there's always that's always the contrast I think of with Infinity Ward was that that lunch for uh, Call of Duty Two where they're all like, so do you like it? Is it uh, what yeah. do you think? Is it good? And then when I came back for for Modern Warfare like two years later. Uh, we sat down to lunch, and Vince looks at me and goes, it's pretty fucking great, isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> they didn't they have knew. to ask you the question. They knew, what it, they knew what they had after that, yeah. Well, it, because it is the 20th anniversary, like, Activision has been doing some stuff. They've been putting out some videos. They put out a celebration video, blah, blah, blah. How about a remaster of the original game? Yeah. For console? It's never been on consoles. Well, seems- unfortunately, in the midst of all this, the reason we're really talking about this is not to celebrate Call of Duty. Um, the reason we're talking about this is because Bobby Kotick basically came out and said... Um, Call of Duty for the foreseeable future is going to be near future. We are not going back to World War II. Mm-hmm. We are not going into the future again. It is going to stay with basically what you've had for the last, like, I don't know, how many years now has it been since Infinite Warfare? Oh. Eight, nine yeah, years? something like that. Yeah. Not quite. Not yeah. like that. It was, it was like seven or six years six ago. Six or seven, yeah. yeah. Um, so what we've been dealing with now. since then is pretty much what we're going to get. We're not going back to World War One. We're not going to World War Two. We're not going into the future for a futuristic game. I mean, the last time we went back to World War Two wasn't amazing anyway. This is what we're seeing right now, Call of Duty World War Two. I didn't. I I was shocked by how much I didn't like this. I didn't like it either, really. And look, I don't really want to go back to World War Two. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's yeah. been too many shooters set in World War Two already. And honestly, every time these any of these shooters try to go back to pre- historical wars now, it just doesn't feel like it works yeah like, i'm more concerned about the fact that they're not going to do any forward-looking games mm-hmm. uh that's I what mean, i like i mean this is what you know infinite warfare is probably my favorite thing since modern warfare 2 yeah but like this is what has worked for them it has like, I that, mean, near, that near future setting is what the main audience seems to want that's where they make most of their sales last year's game was the best-selling call of duty ever mm-hmm. and once that happens trying to get them off of that is going to be really hard so yeah i understand why i mean microsoft management could always make a cha- different call later but like yeah. for now i feel like yeah you're you're gonna be you're gonna be uh playing with drones for a while i understand why the decision was made i just don't like it <laughs> is what i'm getting at. i do oh, i will say this <laughs> i hope they keep up with modern tech they will like there's, you know, cutting edge military tech is going to change pretty rapidly to the point that some of this stuff is going to feel like far future. Right. Yeah. And like, I hope they start, they are not averse to like putting in like, you know, prototype pr- stuff, primitive power armor, mm. you know, primitive power skeleton armor, yeah, yeah. which is coming up or optic camo, which mm-hmm. is being worked. Like some stuff that feels like, you know, metal gear solid is going to turn out to be actual war b- battlefield stuff in the next five to 10 years. So. 
you are kind of going to get future stuff as we move forward. The other thing, too, is that the future is never what we think it's going to be. No. Like, we think about robots. If you go back to, like, when we were kids watching the Jetsons and or just watching sci-fi from back then, what we thought the future was going to be like and what it is, it's like we thought robots were going to be, like, these sentient things that interacted with us and walked around with us. As it turns out, the first robots are these little <laughs> cubes on wheels that deliver food called Coco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really awesome by the way like in la if you drive by at night you see these little robots going down the sidewalks they're these mm-hmm. little squares with wheels and big bright lights on them that say coco on the side and they just deliver and faces food. they have faces yeah they have, they have like little like lights for eyes and they blink and look around and yeah. my, my wife sees one she goes oh coco like she has like an attachment mm-hmm. to the coco delivery it's very, robots it's very smart <laughs> very smart but my point is is like who would have dreamed that the first robots that we really interacted with on a daily basis would just be these very simple machines with wheels well, that just brought you your dinner like me but like <laughs> most was, people don't well i was very interested in that stuff and like if you're a big fan of mechs and and robot stuff uh, mm-hmm. even back then one of the first things you learn getting into it is like they're not going to be bipedal yeah because it's so hard it's to terrible walk. like yeah. it's a terrible method of locomotion yeah it, we don't we aren't even good at it it's we true. fall over all the time our spines suck our yeah, knees yeah. suck like it's a terrible way to get around you're looking at even rosie the robot in uh the maid in jetsons has wheels she does yeah no like, legs yeah uh so yeah you're gonna see tread even the, <coughs> the best build in armored core forever treads the tank yeah. tread version so yeah. yeah uh little robots specialized for tasks that slowly become more despecialized is kind of where we're going with it yep um which we learned from automation from the from the factories even back in the back in the 80s yeah so yeah, they are. It is really smart to have this the cute little Coco thing. Like you get people attached to them, and it'll be much less threatening when that when Coco Two takes their job. I actually saw someone trying to break into one like a week ago. It had rolled by them, and like it was a little homeless encampment, and they were there trying to like pop mm-hmm. the wheels off of it with like that. A is, piece that of is some wood. that is some fucking Verhoeven <laughs> shit. Like that. Like I'm I am shocked that those things aren't destroyed more often. Yeah, because um, most people are just like. Even if you get it open, like I'm probably gonna destroy whatever's inside it. Like. Right. <laughs> or like the the thing with like what was the, the the little like it wasn't a real robot, but it was like a autom- automaton sort of thing, and they were having it hitchhike across the country. And as right. soon as it got to Philadelphia, they just destroyed it. Destroyed it. it. Yeah, it was funny. Like, Not well, surprising either. No, I was like, welcome to the city of brotherly <laughs> if love. If any of you guys watched Ask Shane Anything, the last episode where I talk about my experiences in Philadelphia, you know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I always think about. Uh, um, uh, Henry Rollins making fun of the United, like the friendly, fly the friendly skies thing. He's like, sky's not friendly, sky's up there, but it's nice. It's a nice idea that United has its own set of sky. It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, we only fly in the friendly parts. That's why we will not go to Philadelphia International Airport. <laughs> Digital Reflux says, I've seen an old lady riding one. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, hey, feet's walking. <laughs> hey, Mike's Q, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. I haven't talked to you for a while. Hope you're doing good, man. Um, yeah, so anyway, Call of Duty's 20th anniversary actually was depressing for me because I've now discovered that we're going to be playing the same Call of Duty for, like, the next 10 years, so hopefully they have a change of heart, yeah. but I would be surprised if they um, it, I, I I left Call of Duty pretty much behind with that World War II one because yeah. it was so, I mean, okay, clearly. Like, cause I, I remember like, you played it. Yeah, because yeah, I was clearly like, okay, like, this is kind of the area I liked, and I'll try it again. I just, no, I'm like, I, I just walk away from it. Well, that was just the one where they away. didn't yeah. have the real campaign either. They had those weird, like, story-based missions. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. actually, a, like, a campaign that, like, you would play from start to end that was, like, 
chapters that you would yeah, play. Yeah, it, it was just basically moments in the war, right. yeah, and, which was a lot more battlefieldy, right. really. Yep. Um, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I am curious about sort of the modern war, the new modern warfare, and sort of the retelling of not the same story, but the same characters through a different kind of lens yeah. conflict. I'm mm-hmm. interested in that, but they just. They're they're so expensive. Like yeah. all I want to do is play the campaign. I don't want all this extra spend shit. Bucks for that. And it's impossible to get them on sale for any decent price. Yeah. So I guess in like ten years I'll play those. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, we're gonna update on a story that we had in housekeeping last week. We're not gonna talk about it very long. I just want to clarify what happened in case some of you guys were freaking out. Uh, we talked about last week that Sony was hacked. And that these hackers were holding information ransom, and we wondered exactly what kind of information that they had, if it was customers' number, like credit card numbers and addresses and stuff. As it turns out, it was not. Um, All the information that the hackers got was of PlayStation employees, Mm. which for them, that really sucks. But for the rest of us, it's like, shoo. So do you think we're going to see PlayStation Japan bowing over this one like they did over the PSN stuff? I mean, not to us. Yeah. Maybe to the internal employees. Right. Yeah. That's a pretty bad gaffe if you're an employee there having mm-hmm. your personal information leaked by your company that you work for. Um, but we're not going to talk about it very long. I just wanted to mention that if you were worried about your personal information being leaked or some hacker having it and putting it out on the internet or whatever, you can stop worrying. It's only employees from PlayStation that had their information compromised. Uh, next up, we got information now that Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, and 2.0 are out there, and they've turned they've turned the page on Cyberpunk 2077. They've already given us given us an update on the sequel to Cyberpunk 2077. Right now, is tentatively called Orion. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 Orion. I kind of thought or think that maybe it'll just end up being called like Cyberpunk 2099 or something like that. We'll see. Um, but they've they've already started working on that. And the good news is the team that worked on this 2.0 and Phantom Liberty is the team that is driving development on the sequel, Orion. So I think that's encouraging news. The other encouraging news... They know news, what not to do. Right. The other encouraging news is that they're completely scrapping the engine that they built the first game on. They're building a brand new engine for all their games going forward. So for the next Witcher game, for the next Cyberpunk game... All on brand new engines, so hopefully that'll cut down on some of the bugs mm. that people dealt with with the launch of Cyberpunk well, they, 2077. Now that they know what they want these things to do, they can customize the exi- the, you know, they customize the tools from the ground up to do that. To do so. exactly what they want. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, you can tell they were struggling just, you know, obviously pretty much any engine can do anything you, you want if you build the right tools for it, but like... Even in Cyberpunk, it was clear that that red engine was... No one ever expected to be moving faster than a horse yeah. in that engine, you know? And yeah. when you're driving around through the Badlands, sometimes it was just like, oh. Yeah. Like, just couldn't keep... And the 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 the, the denoising couldn't keep up yeah. in the, in the, on the PC. Erebus Jones brings up a good point. You'll be able to enjoy the campaigns, in, in quotations, for free when they mm. hit Game Pass soon. True. Yeah, so you got to play them all. That would be the way to go. And they're saying, by the way, that Modern Warfare 3 will not be on Game Pass this year. Mm -hmm. That it'll be on Game Pass next year. So I don't know if they're going to continue with that, where it's like a year's delay where they put it on Game Pass. I don't know how that's going to work. That's fine. I can wait. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't think you're like itching to to play it or whatever, but it's not going to be day and date on Game Pass this year's Call of Duty. They haven't said anything about next year's. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, I mean, considering all the trouble they had over playstation and stuff it feels like that's a pretty decent compromise yep i'd agree um but then the other big news coming out of cd project red is that 
Cyberpunk 2077 is drastically outpacing the sales of The Witcher 3. That's interesting. Yeah, by a lot. Like it's, it's it took The Witcher 3 two more years to get to the sales number that Cyberpunk 2077 is at right now. Hmm. Two years. Are you surprised by that, Matt? A little bit, but also like as someone who I know was asking about whether they should get it with with Phantom Liberty now because I'd warned them that it was not all that amazing mm-hmm. uh when it launched yeah um i was like yeah you could i mean i was like yeah i really like it now it's they've fixed a lot of it phantom liberty is great it's yes it's the right time to get it and he noted that um he's like good because like honestly i was looking around for something else to play instead of it and there isn't really anything else like it no there really and isn't. he's right like if, if you yeah. want another hack and slash fantasy fantasy game there's, there's a lot 50. out there yeah. <laughs> but there isn't really a lot of high-end you know triple a budget uh cyberpunk stuff nope um so yeah like even part, sci-fi part of it, action rpgs aren't yeah, common part of it is just the singular the singular nature of it is like it doesn't have a lot of competition mm-hmm yeah, I was shocked to see that. Um, I don't know if that means that I should be impressed with Cyberpunk or disappointed that more people didn't buy The Witcher 3. It's kind of both, I guess. I mean, um, Witcher 3 sold very well. It did, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously it sold, you know, tens, probably yeah. 20-some million. But, you know, for this game to outsell it drastically, mm-hmm. I was pretty surprised by yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that ahead of, you know, Cyberpunk, I would have always thought was uh, more of a niche. Yeah. Especially because... Uh, um, Witcher had a, had a TV show back right. in it, but um, it I, I turned out that that Edge Runners cartoon really boosted uh, seems engagement like with the game, mm-hmm. like I, in a way that shocks me. Both because you wouldn't think that people would necessarily make the connection, and also because Edge Runners sucked. Right, like that show. Yeah, I, I got terrible. Through, I only got to an episode and a half. Um, like yeah, like it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I've discovered there's a lot of people out there who are willing to watch really bad animated shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, you don't need the aided. The, the aided there. It's just anime. Yeah. Really bad anime. Yeah, I, I, that was one thing I discovered when I hung out with my nephew, who's eleven. Like the anime that he was watching was so awful. I'm just like, what are you doing? You're rotting your brain. Watching it's all this pretty crap. bad. I and mean, some of it's just like, I guess I'm too old for the. I I know I know people who literally think One Piece is one of the greatest works of literature in the history of humanity. <laughs> and I have tried to watch some of that. <laughs> And it is not. That. I've, I've been watching the Netflix show. Have you watched it at all? No, I, I'm on like episode three. I I am I am 47 years old, and I don't I don't care about shonen shit. Well, it's kind of like I'm Pirates sorry. of the Caribbean, is what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, it's I that same it, tone. I think if I was like a teenager, I'd be super into it. Yeah. But I'm not, so yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I've like, never really liked One Piece at all before, so I did start watching it. Like I'm on episode three. I haven't started flagging yet, so we'll see if it can keep it up. Well, you got, you got about eighteen hundred more to go. <laughs> all all those people are gonna, all those actors are gonna die before they can shoot all all that that whole story. There's no way. You're probably right. Um, so anyway, it's um, honestly, it's all good news coming out of CD Projekt Red now. Like yeah, now that it got past the rough launch, like who, who everything I'm th- hearing from them is what I want to hear from them. Who to thunk? Yeah, I mean they cleaned it up. You got to give. Here's the thing. It's like. As a critic, you need to criticize when people do things wrong. You also need to reward people when they fix things and they get them headed in the right direction. That's what we're doing here. We criticized the game when it came out because it was honestly broken. They fixed it. They've Mm -hmm. made an expansion that's amazing. 2.0 is amazing. And now we need to praise them. We need to recognize the work that they've done. They made made it right. Um, Sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes... It was this time. Was this time because you had you had the interest and the talent and the backing to make it happen, mm-hmm. 
but sometimes it's Redfall, and <laughs> you should probably just stop. Yeah, because we they've been working on Redfall. Oh yeah, they put that patch out, which was really cool. But there were two <laughs> people playing it on Steam when that patch went live. I know. Two they people. They can't get enough people to get a match. No. I mean, it's time to just throw in a towel. I mean, to be fair, some of the patch did make solo play more viable. Right. Uh, which is maybe which, what they Which seems be to be very, very important <laughs> at this point. But. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then our final piece of uh, housekeeping for today's episode is an update on EA Sports FC. So the initial sales of that did not look good, Matt. They had... Um, it was only physical in the UK, and sales were down drastically compared to last year's FIFA game. But now, it is completely rebounded and then some. Um, EA Sports FC new players for this year are up twenty percent, and right now there are already eleven million people playing EA Sports FC. So it is all it has worked out. Mm. The gamble that they took, leaving FIFA behind, it has paid off and then some. I guess it's FIFA's move then. Twenty percent new players. And look at all that extra money they get to keep. Right. Without having to pay it to FIFA. Right. So it all worked out. And, and now, now FIFA you... gets nothing. <laughs> yeah. How that work out for you? I wish I could have seen, like, because the head of FIFA is a douche. Like, yeah. I wish I could have seen his face whenever he got this news. Yeah, well, because cl- I'm sure he thought that without FIFA it was going to tank. Oh, yeah, of course. That's why he was hardballing the negotiations. Right. And it turns out, no. Nope. You as long as it's a decent soccer game. And I don't even know if I could say that this is a decent soccer also, game. Also, I think it's more important that you have the players. Right. Yeah, the players matter the players more than the teams. anything else. The players yeah. and the clubs are what people have the loyalty yeah. to. They, nobody likes FIFA. Nobody cares about FIFA. FIFA is like a necessary evil for the World yeah. Cup. Like That's right. pretty much what FIFA is at this point. That so, is certainly what people I know who care about soccer have said to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't tell you whether it's good or not, um, but reviews haven't been great. Like It's basically they're just like, it's the same game as last year without the FIFA name. Maybe for some people that's good mm-hmm. enough because people maybe thought it was going to fall off, but I don't know why you would think that. They're going to develop the game the same as always. So, But financially, it has worked out great for Electronic Arts. So all our folks in Europe, <laughs> you guys are all buying to. it. What would you say? Something had to. Yeah. Apparently, because uh, they you know they split them into EA Sports and EA Entertainment. Yep. Whatever. Apparently, internally, they call them uh, the side that makes money and the side that doesn't. Because <laughs> EA Entertainment... Well, here's the thing, though. I think they rolled all their mobile stuff into the entertainment division to help buoy buoy, that side of it. Because you're right. Otherwise, all the money from Madden, all the money from FIFA, all the money from Ultimate Team, and their mobile games. That's what's keeping EA afloat. Well, now we're hitting a point, you know, now you've got those seven employees uh, suing Bioware and EA by proxy. And uh, more and more, as more stuff comes out on that, I'm like, I don't know if I want to give you money for Dreadwolf. Yeah. Because it sounds like they've been really shady about it. Where the hell is it? That game's also been in development for forever. Mm -hmm. And we still haven't really seen any real gameplay footage of it. No, we haven't. We got that leak of the beta stuff that looked like an N64 game, but that's not fair to judge, Mm. so... I don't know what's going on with that game. It's I'm starting to get a little nervous about it. You should be very nervous yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. also, if that game doesn't sell, that's the end of Bioware. It will be. Yeah. That's it. And I do wonder if because that messaging Drag- gets out there, if fans will rally. Well, Dragon Age, 
apparently they were going to shut Bioware down. They were ready to shut them down, and then Dragon Age Inquisition sold better than anything they'd ever made before in one game of the year, and they're like, well, I guess we can't do that now. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, if Dreadwolf doesn't doesn't do gangbusters they're not going to let mass effect i love you know i like mass i like mass effect way more than dragon age mm-hmm. but mass effect doesn't sell dragon age numbers no. and, if, and if dragon age Dreadwolf doesn't sell i guarantee you they're not going to think mass effect's going to move the needle and that's yeah. going to be the end of it yeah so true. that's the you know it's it, it's uh, you know all, it's ones for all the marbles in a number of different ways and we'll see what even happens with the lawsuit and all i mean what a mess yeah what an mess. absolute mess yeah how can you you bob you bobbled that so badly? EA is I don't understand how you manage how you manage that Fumble. poorly. It's, it's just, just astounding. It really is. It's crazy. And meanwhile, you've got like respawn being successful, base almost in spite, like of like in like because it, it does things opposite of right. how the mothership does them. Because yeah, respawn has that element of like uh, we're just gonna. Do Make what awesome we games do, and and then we're gonna you you can sit there yeah and like we're gonna make Apex Legends let us without it. any permission yeah we're we're gonna make this Jedi game and we'll make oh, you rich. No, no, by the way that's also where a lot of money's coming yeah. from no we're not gonna yeah. use we're not gonna use your shitty Frostbite engine we're gonna use Unreal because that's what we know yeah. so we're gonna and then oh look funny how that now happens. we're doing a third one yeah because it's just the only thing making any fucking cash flow yeah. at this point yep and it still won't let them do the fix the PC version properly right. Yeah. Just astounded. Just what are you doing? <laughs> and it's amazing to me that you remember, you remember a few years ago, EA was continually voted the shittiest company or that golden to work award yeah, or that yeah. thing. No, not to work at, just the shittiest company. Yeah. Like there was that, you know, that kind of tongue in cheek. Insomniac com- would always win and then EA right. would always win. There was that tongue in cheek competition of like, you know, I don't remember what they called it, but it was like, you know. Oh, I do remember that. You remember yeah. that? And basically, like. It's be- like the Razzies for like right. companies. But yeah. like basically, people, you know, very online people like stuffed the ballots for EA because they hated them more mm-hmm. than the other companies. Nowadays, I don't know if you'd even have that much vitriol left. No, for people them. just don't they're care just, anymore. They're just, yeah, they're, they're just not. A, they're not an element that matters anymore. <laughs> yep, it's true. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Uh, EA Sports FC doing great for EA, and basically, at this point, EA can tell FIFA to just f off. Uh, that's going to do it for our housekeeping. We're about ready to launch into Game Face 361 proper, but before that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. <laughs> LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. So, AJ the Legend Watson, if we do get together and tailgate for the Steelers-Rams game, you know what we're going to have at the tailgate? We're going to have LS Cream. We have to make drinks with LS Cream. And we have to take pictures and videos of it. And we'll have to share it here. It's hard to imagine drinking LS Cream in a parking lot. Well, no, you just you mix it with the other drinks or whatever. You just bring the LS Cream. You bring one other stronger liquor in one mixer. And off you go. And we can turn a bunch of people, a bunch of Rams fans, and maybe some Steelers fans, onto LS Cream. Let's make it a plan. Um, maybe I can get LS Cream to buy me my Steelers ticket. 
<laughs> so that we can go and have a big LS Cream party in the parking lot of SoFi Stadium. I'm just kidding, Steve, obviously. But anyway, big thanks to LS Cream for sponsoring Game Face. We really, really appreciate it. Go to creamls.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. As I say every week, it's like the best website for a liquor ever. It has awesome drink recipes, places where you can get it. You can buy it online. You can buy it locally, all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. I did get a message from somebody over the last week. They sent me a photo. They just bought LS Cream while they were watching Game Face last week. They went and bought a bottle while they were watching. Feel free to do it as well. Again, go to creamls.com slash sifted. And with that... Why is everybody talking about e- Disney buying EA? Because that's that, a rumor that, that pop up today? popped up today. Yes. Mm. out of That's a story that broke when I was on the way here, is that now Disney is saying that it is open to buying EA, or people are suggesting Disney should buy EA. Dude, crap or get off the pot, dude, with Disney. It's like, figure it out. They go into games, and then they bail. They go into games, and then they yeah. bail. It's like, just, like That would just be like, okay, so you don't EA until you got bored of it again. And you just sell it again? Because like, that would be like, what, the fourth time they've got, they've got, no, we're into interactive entertainment. Oh, we're out again. Yeah. This happens it's all so the time. It's so dumb. And let's be honest. Disney should be in interactive it entertainment. It is very weird. It should be in the industry. It's very weird that Disney games have been so sporadic all, yeah. all, all, all the time. And, they can't figure and it out. And that they go in and they back out. Like, like, how nuts is it that Disney Infinity got shut down the way it did yeah. when it was doing as well? I mean, look. Toys, the Toys to Life stuff obviously, you know, ran its course. Yeah. Uh, it's funny to me that no one seemed to notice that, like, yeah, to- Toys to Life thing was very popular with kids. Yeah. And those kids were, were into it for four years until they hit high school. Yeah. And that was it. But now there's like a whole the, group of other kids but, that might like it. But there wasn't. Right. They, 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 well, they didn't. Weren't? They didn't. Really? It didn't transfer. I wonder why. They, that happens with brands all the time, though. Yeah. That's their fads. The fads go that way. You know, one yeah. like Garbage Pail Kids after our generation. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't like Garbage Pail Kids right. either, to but, be fair. What I'm but... saying is like they forgot or they didn't realize or whatever. Toy companies know this. If you're at Mattel or Hasbro, you know this. But like, you got about four to five years. You got to like strike while the iron's hot. Because the, uh, the kids, the next wave of kids are not going to think of those things as cool. That's their older siblings. Right. Thing, nah, you that's know? true. That's a good point, actually. Um, that's a big part of it, I think. Yeah. yeah people forget. Like, Transformers lasted five, six years. Yeah. Like the idea where they were on TV all the time yeah. and people were buying that was them only all the three time. years. They were yeah. on TV for three years. Yeah. Like the, the IDW. I mean, comics? like ads for like new Transformers, like yeah. the toys. Oh, like, those lasted longer than yeah. the cartoons. Yeah. But like. Uh, but then, the, 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 if you go back and look at those old car, those commercials, like there's a point where it hits like 1990, and it just gets w- so embarrassing. Yeah. Like everything becomes neon and yeah. and skateboarders <laughs> playing with transformers and shit. And it's like what? It's happening now. Like you're bringing Megatron to the fucking skate park now. It's not, no one did that. I promise you, no that one did. Definitely that. did not. That's happen. about as realistic as bringing the switch to the fucking basketball practice and that that launch ad. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, Fox nineteen eighty is asking like, where's the Mandalorian game? Like, where yeah. is it? Like, it's a no brainer. But when you get out of the games industry, like, it makes it more difficult. I believe so. that morphed into what Outlaws is. Probably, I think Outlaws probably started life as a Mandalorian. I wouldn't game. be surprised. Yeah, but the problem with the Mandalorian game is there's no way to fit it into the continuity, mm-hmm. and no one's gonna really want to play a random a random Lorian. Yeah, uh, so the Randalorian <laughs> is not really gonna. Ma- also, that sounds like an Anne Rand devotee Mandalorian. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Objectivist, man, objectivist bounty hunters are a bad scene. That's the um, sequel show, The Randalorian. <laughs> the Randalorian. <laughs> Just this Mandalorian obsessed with architecture. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> All right. Wait, we got to move uh, on. We're running out of time. Um, so anyway, 
Um, we are ready to move on for the bulk of Game Phase 361. We're going to kick things off with undoubtedly the biggest game that released over the last week and actually just came out on Friday, and that is Assassin's Creed Mirage. This game, did Ubisoft even really build this as a throwback? I feel like everybody else saw it and said that, and then it was attached to it, and then Ubisoft just kind of ran with it. I mean, they did. They said they were. They? it was a smaller game that was going to go back to the Assassin's Creed basics where you're actually playing an assassin again. Yeah. I mean... That's accurate. It, that's yeah. right. That is what it is. I mean, obviously, you're not because the word assassin doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Chronologically, but you are a hidden one, which is the, the same, hidden ones. And no, what was the thing. name for the Templars? They the had Templars the, are the Order of the Ancients. Order of the Ancients. Yeah. yeah. So this is all. This is in ninth century Baghdad. Yeah. Is the setting and Basim, who is in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm. this is kind of like his origin story. Um, it starts out... We need a montage. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is a couple montages. There are a couple training montages in this. <laughs> which is better than forcing me to live through Basim's adolescence <laughs> and doing training courses, to be yeah. sure. I'm, I'm, go ahead and do the montage. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, so it starts out, he is just like a street ruffian. He's living... He's not even in Baghdad. He's, he's, he's just... He's literally Aladdin. He's living in like rural Iraq. Which, in, what is it in, called back then, though? Hmm? Iraq? What was it called back then? Uh, it was Persia. Basically. Was it Persia? It's probably. I know Iran was Persia, but it's yeah. Persia is more up and to the side. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, it's just in the. It's, it's in the. It's the River Valley. It's the, yeah. it's the Fertile Crescent. He's in the outskirts of Baghdad, basically. He's, he's in the suburbs. He's up. He's in the northwest corner of the map. That's yeah, he he's in basically rural Iraq, and he's just like a little street criminal, basically. He's pickpocketing and doing whatever, and he's taking jobs from this guy. Well, as it turns out, the guy starts working with one of the order of the or i'm sorry the hidden ones and basim is the one who starts getting the missions he goes back well he's super obsessed with the with the hidden one things with the what's what's your name what's the 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 what i can never remember the actress with the voice i don't remember her name she's great like she's, she's, I, I love her but i can't i can never remember her name <laughs> she definitely has a one-of-a-kind um, voice oh yeah well although when i had covid there was a day when i sounded just like her <laughs> Like I was like, oh, I should record I a bunch of lines. That, and but that's it sounded, I sounded like her doing Unicron. That was what that was what my my voice sounded like for about a day. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, she's doing stuff with John him. Zinni says, "All I know is Istanbul was Constantinople." It was, but that is not this. That's hilarious. But uh, it might be Giant Song. Do you remember that song? Istanbul, not Constantinople. <laughs> Have you heard that song? Oh yeah, yeah. But they might be giants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I, heard, I remember I saw I got that from uh, Tiny Toons back then. Oh no, oh. yeah, Mesopotamia is the larger area. Is true, okay. but uh, uh, yeah, he he wants to do hidden one stuff because he war, kind of war, hero worships them. But like, well, he gets his, lucky. What's his name? Is like, no, you can't. You, I'm not doing that for you. So he basically decides to go do the mission on his own because he overhears what it is, what the mission is, and yeah. that turns out to be an error. Yeah, he goes to find a chest that they're looking for, and it turns out to be like a total disaster that. I don't want to spoil anything, mm. but there are huge ramifications for him doing that. He goes and steals something from the palace. Yeah. And I mean, if you've seen Aladdin, it's basically the same thing, except put the Assassin's Creed like, artifact in instead of the genie lamp. Pretty and much. Yeah. It all goes rather wrong for him. Because also we know from Valhalla that he is also a descendant of the ancients, um, the, Is Isu, the Isa, the Isu. The Isu the, yeah, the, I don't the, know. The first ones. You pronounce he's, it. Because yeah. like, he's Loki. Right in in the, like in in Valhalla, it turns out like you can be reborn and like so Avor is a reborn version of Odin and he's a reborn version of Loki, but he doesn't know that in this game. Um, 
They, he knows there's something special about him, though. Other yeah, because well, as, with, more as with the other the other ancient games, uh, the art of the the first order, the first order, the first uh, the first civilization artifacts react to him, right. and that's how you know that you have something. Come, because the the, the if, for those who have not been following the the meta story, basically <laughs> one of the there's obviously there's the the ancient. Uh, ancient god characters who have been putting themselves into AI or machines talking to Desmond but the thing about uh, the ancient trilogy particularly Valhalla is that they reveal that the the uh, Nordic god the the, the uh, Asgardians their method to survive the apocalypse thing that happened was to transfer their consciousness into the genetics of the human race and hope that they would be they would reassert themselves in the future generations and that does apparently happen periodically and that is why certain people are larger stronger and able to use the first civilization artifacts and uh avor was one of those cassandra was very much one of yep. those and basim is also one of them yep and so he goes out on the mission he comes back um the mission I get. Would you call it a failure? I'm, I I don't think he realizes I mean, it's a failure until he dras he horribly fails to do what he's trying to do. But he does get to be an assassin, so it it, it, it wasn't it was a mission accomplished, I guess, in the end. Yeah, he, he pulled it off. Because <laughs> um, he, he got, comes back, he got what he wanted. The right. mission was not a success. That's but a good he did way to get it. what he wanted. Yeah. So he comes back, and basically the recruiter for the assassins is like the whole town is after him and we're not going to yeah. say why or what happens but the whole town is after him and she basically saves his ass yeah. and says come with me after he has a, a fight with his best friend who right. i'm sure will not come back to be relevant later in the story <laughs> sure it, it's not breaking a lot of new ground narratively no. let's let's put it that way no and so she takes him with her and he goes and he lives with the assassins and he i do love the early parts here where i actually worry about hiding bodies where i thought i there. needed to hide and, bodies, early, yeah. and later on you're just like kah, 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 kah. it's a murderer yes it is here we go the murderer is climbing the building go tell them where i am i could use some more health well like, the other thing too is that the b a lot of the b-roll that's in this for the show today is b-roll that i recorded to play the first hour for our patrons and so you want to make sure that you're showing things off to them because they're seeing it for the first time. So I want to show them, like, you can hide the body. So you, you do a lot of things when you're streaming a game, quote unquote, that you don't do and you just play it on your own. And some of that will come through in this B-roll, um, ultimately. But here we're seeing the scene where he meets with her um, and then he, he's already completed the mission. He comes back and horrible things start happening in his local town. She takes him with him. And that's where you see the montage. So she, he goes with mm. her to live with the assassins and he trains to become an assassin. And it's just like Rocky, and basically. Literally grows a beard. <laughs> it's just in, like in Rocky. In real time. <laughs> <laughs> so he lives with them for a while and he becomes an assassin. And then eventually he starts taking mm. missions for the assassins. Yeah, and eventually one of his, one of his friends, one of the guy, people, guys he likes at the you know assassin enclave uh, is sent to Baghdad to handle some shit. And he it all goes wrong, and he comes back injured, and they and the leader who, and Basim has just conveniently finished the trials to become a full fledged assassin. <laughs> Perfect timing. So, th so the leader basically sends him and uh, the lady with the voice and the old guy who uh, gives Basim wise advice uh, <laughs> to go to go to Baghdad and take over the operation. And uh, after that, everybody just sort of stays home and lets Basim do everything for them. So that's the game. Yeah, and that is pretty much the game. That's well, that's the plot for the it's game. Like, it's like we've we've been super hard on you for years, uh, but actually you're better at this than everyone else. So you're just gonna go do everything now. Yeah, I struggle to even really say like what his ultimate goal is. Like um, to discover who he is. He just wants to be someone of consequence. Yeah, that's all. Like he says it at the very beginning. He's like, "You think I'm gonna be a street thief my whole life? I want to be something something." 
something bigger. Yeah. And he doesn't really have aspirations beyond just not being a street rat. Right. Um, but it's like I try to think about what the It's like he's seen Aladdin or something. Right, right. You know? <laughs> it's like I think about, like, what's the overarching, like, goal of it? It's hard to really say what it is. Yeah, he really just wants to be a good assassin. Yeah. Um, and doesn't have a lot of... I mean, he doesn't know enough about the situation to have ambitions beyond that. Part of the story is him learning... Uh, the actual reality, you know, like as with so many of these protagonists, learning the reality of the world. Yeah. Uh, which in this case, all the other people he's working for already know and are slowly letting him in on like the reality of what the assassins versus Templars thing is. Um, which is, you know, fine. Um, I am not. You know, I'm two. Th- I guess three fifths of the way. You know, judging by how many ancient ancient order of the ancients people you're supposed to kill. Yeah. I am three fifths of the way through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, more if you. I mean, I've done all the side content. And I I filled the entire map in outside of the one lost book you can't get to until like the final mission or whatever. Yeah. Like you know you know how I do that. Yeah. Um, he is unbelievably powerful. Like, there's nothing... I mean, I am literally walking through the story missions with... I'm like, oh, were you supposed to be a boss? I'm sorry. A two-in-year flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There aren't a lot of boss fights in this. They take a long time before they show up. Yeah. Uh, well, the bo- I really and just, you're just if you do the dude. boss fight right, it's, it's like the old Assassin's Creed. If you do it right, you just jump down, kill them, and then get away. Yeah. Um, it is weird to me that, like, Valhalla leaned into this, too, because um, every since the first Assassin's Creed, when you assassinate a major target, you have that scene in kind of a limbo in where, they, yeah, where they lay there and you talk to them about things and they tell you you don't actually know what you're doing right. and you have no idea what you've unleashed <laughs> and all that. Yeah, and then like you're like, well, whatever, I'm gonna wipe you with a feather and leave anyway. Um, and for some reason, all these years, I used to think that that was sort of like a metaphorical thing. Valhalla in this game really lean into the idea that that happens in no, real, real. Like, really yeah. happens in their mind. Because like, but seems looking at like because because. Uh, um, Avor like kind of talks to Odin and like it clearly is something that she remembers. In this, he looks around. And is like, what the fuck? Yeah, is what's going, going on? on? Like, yeah. Like, so that is apparently an actual thing that happens for real. I, it's not a that's not metaphorical. It's not any kind of allegory. Uh, when you assassinate an important target as as an assassin with ancient blood, you like I thought that was an animus effect, but yeah. apparently not. Yeah, then you um, use a feather to wipe their blood. I, maybe I don't know if you I have not seen a single animus thing in this whole game. No. Like a not no modern day stuff, no, no. Not, I mean other than that thing. one scene there where he picks up the amulet or whatever and it projects like the weird scene, like that's right, the only right, thing like, even close to But I mean, no one, it has not gone to the no. modern day, and no one no. has popped out of an animus and talked, you know, I haven't no. had to talk, talk to Layla or whoever, Me or whatever. Either. I mean, I think she died or something, but like. I have not finished it. I'm guessing. There I'm has been no modern left. day anything in this game. No, uh-uh. Nope. It's all set in um, Mesopotamia. Yeah, there's no glitching. <laughs> there's no, I mean, there there's a little bit here and there, but like, it, it's, you would never know this was any kind of, re, I, like, maybe it's not in the animus. Maybe it's literally just a flashback. It might be. It's possible. But, I mean, I feel like the last games, I mean, Valhalla had animus stuff in it, but, like, it also took a long time before that yeah. stuff showed up, and it wasn't it really... It really was just the the act breaks. Yeah, it wasn't even really all that of that much consequence either. Like, uh, it really, the ending was. Yeah. But, like... I feel like the games have kind of just went away from it over time. Well, they lost their nerve on all yeah. of that, especially after uh, the contract with uh, uh, What's-Her-Name ended, and they didn't... And so they had to kill her character off, whatever... What was her name? Uh, Bell, you remember? I don't remember. No, Lucy, you know the the blonde girl. Yeah, I don't know played, who you're talking about. Yeah, played by a prominent actress who's for some reason. Oh, was it Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell. Yeah, that's it. And they, for whatever reason, didn't. She didn't want to do it again, or they didn't renew the contract, so they killed her off. And yeah, 
<laughs> and then you're just stuck with Desmond and nobody wants that. So I will say uh, I wish they leaned a little more into uh, if they're going to do modern day, you got to you got to basically just lean into Sean because Sean is the most amu- uh, entertaining character in the series. Yeah. The sarcastic modern day British guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I there's, don't know. there's a plot. We don't want to reveal, reveal too much for people who want to play it. Um, that's the basic setup. But I would argue that, like, the plot, there's not a lot of motivation to keep going, really. Like, I mean, the motivation is you're assassinating people. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I mean, that's it, it pretty was. much. Um, the, they, I mean, they don't have an, an actual overarching narrative identity for this franchise since frankly since unity pretty much um syndicate was a good game but it didn't really have a lot to do to move the actual overarching thing forward ever since they kind of bunted on the uh the desmond story in three they've really fumbled around looking for a new way to frame all this Mm -hmm. and it just and then they kind of rebooted it with the ancient trilogy but that stuff didn't really pay off and now it just feels like they're making games set in ancient times what, which, which like, is fine yeah. but like you'd think that without the framing device of the modern day thing to explain why you're doing all this because no matter how like kind of aimless the ancient or the, the, the historical stories got in the old games you always had the driving force of well we're doing this because we're trying to find this weird minutiae out it, it was even stuff like especially with like connor it was like it was stuff that he didn't even know about. That character, mm-hmm. Connor didn't even know about. It was just stuff that happened in his peripheral vision that we were, they were hoping to catch glimpses of and deduce some things from that. To make it, he wasn't even important. Yeah. And like, and then like you beyond that, you did that kind of thing where there was that period where you were working for like literally working for Ubisoft, basically. Right. Yeah. And like it was supposed to be like. The, the they like the Templars had formed game development companies so that everybody could go through all these memories and they'd like monitor everybody's playtime yeah. to figure out if they could piece <laughs> together accidentally. It was and but with this, it's just like you're just playing the story. So like it was weird to me that if you're going to eliminate the modern day framing device, you don't come up with a more compelling narrative for the time period and the characters you're dealing with in the in the historical setting. Yeah, um, which they don't really hear i found this story to be dreadfully boring and most I, don't, of the I don't find it boring really but it is boring and i don't find it boring but i do find it um meandering like i just I, didn't find anything interesting about it like nothing caught me off guard I, like everything just kind of happened how i expected it to like i mean that's but that's been true of of most of assassin's creed for a long time for me but like I mean, I do. Th- I think this is an interesting period of history. I do think it's an, in- an interesting setting, even if it is very brown. Um, <laughs> very brown. Uh, it's it's interesting. A million it's, shades of brown. It's interesting to me in the sense that, um, uh, and they don't really get into this until, except in some of the side stuff. Baghdad's a very new city in this. Setting. Yeah, like it's, it should it's, be. Baghdad's maybe 150 years old here, yeah. which is like crazy to think about. I mean, you think of like you know most cities in. Well, most people assume Baghdad goes back centuries and centuries. And it does, you know, to us, well, it's a thousand does, plus years old. Yeah. But like to them, it's a pretty new city, and it's one of the most technologically advanced places in the world. Yeah, and that doesn't come across too well much most of the time. But the part of the problem with that is like a lot of the places you've played uh, Assassin's Creed games in have been cities that are ancient, even at the time you're playing. Right, and, you know, yeah. even they're even, already old. Even Egypt cities. in Origins. You know the pyramids are already two thousand years old. You know the you're, you're, you know Bayek lives closer to us than he does to the building of the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Like that's right. there's already tons of history there. It's even going back to the first game. Like you're seeing like the mix of architecture and history from all these different cultures building on top of each other in Jerusalem. And like part of the problem with the way and they're kind of stuck here because of where Valhalla takes place uh, chronologically. But like 
you don't have that kind of layering of history in Baghdad. It's it's a new city, yeah. and as such, it's a little empty. It's boring. And, and like <laughs> it's you just go, nothing there. There's nothing going on. Historically like, empty, and like and you go to um, good historical landmarks. Historical landmark. Like, a lot of the historical <laughs> landmarks are like. A hundred year, uh, yeah, five hundred years from now, this will happen, and this like yeah. hill you're on will be important for that. But it hasn't happened yet, so yeah. to, to Basim, I'll look it's at not... the map and I'll see that I'm standing next to a yeah. historical landmark, and I'll go back to the game and I'm like, where is yeah. it? And actually, <laughs> those the historical landmark uh, objects are the only animus objects I can think of. Yeah, because they glitch. Right, they they, do. they actually do. Yeah, glitch. they have like a little bit now, of that. Now effect I think to about them. that. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, you know, and I do think it's interesting just in the sense of like you don't get to see this kind of period of history from this point of view very often like there are no white people in this game yeah, i know and i doubt it's, we'll it's, ever see it again um probably not <laughs> i mean also because like i think the story's told here yeah um i would i would like to see a, a game set in like midi like more medieval era baghdad yeah um like a later time yeah. like crusades era when the, ci- the city's more built up and yeah where the city has a lot more history on it mm-hmm. um you know and i yeah we'll we'll see what they can do with um Red, which is slowly starting to you know wake up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor is next it looks year. Looks like next year. Yeah, um, which is interesting. And that's that in Asia. So yeah, that that's, that's be- finally the J- J- Japan. I, I'm curious about that one because like that could either be really cool or fall really flat because it's a it's a it's a setting that's been done by other games and yeah. done real well. So I'm way more excited for that than I am for this. <laughs> this the gift game to me just the story, the plot, the setting boring af like i had no problem putting this game down and stopping playing yeah see i don't agree with that i think they do they did a fine job given where they had to set it pretty well my problem is that um gameplay wise this is just valhalla and it's not as it drastic work. a change as i think people were expecting it's not, it's not it's not as drastic a change as is warranted by what they have done to the way the game plays mm-hmm. to, to the game design they the, this is actually a return to the assassination style mm-hmm. of, of game of game structure. Like you are investigating things, you are piecing things. Like the investigation board, like screen. it's like raids. Basically, you, you get presented with this palace, but the, but the investigation, you need to figure out how to get in. But and the investigation screen is literally set up like a conspiracy board. Like it's yeah, like you got like go a here, cork board. We have yeah, the strings tying the people clue together, and, that clue, and you don't have to yeah. get all the. You can put stuff together as you know on your own, and then like it all leads up to a big assassination thing, which, yeah. like you say, is like you know, it's like a hitman level almost. You got to yeah. go in, you find different ways to go in you can figure decide which way to use it before you go talk to different people and like this guy's this guy wants you know they need their cargo so you could sneak in and get the cargo and have them cause a big fuss and bring the guy you need to assassinate out when he they try to leave against his will or you could go over here and and have these guys freak out or you could bring a circus in and everybody could distract him that way and he might come out to go look at the circus and then you can kill him that way like there's all bunch of different ideas and solutions there the problem is the gameplay of Assassin's Creed, the old Assassin's-based ones, evolved the way they did with a slight backslide in 3 uh, because of what you needed to do in those games. And then they changed them to be more kind of action, open-worldy, you know, combat-friendly in the ancient trilogy, in Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. 
And that was fine for those. But this is literally Valhalla's controls with slightly altered combat because Basim isn't supposed to be able to mow down 4,000 people with, the way, with, with way I, Eivor does. <laughs> well, Eivor could just kill people like they were no nothing, whereas yeah. Basim has to use the traditional counterattack kill thing. Like Counter kills are back, people. Yeah, and yeah, early on it just... feels like, oh, he's very fragile and i got to be careful. No, you don't. Once no. you learn the timing, you're, you, you can kill them all. Like, it's literally it. just like the old Assassin's Creed games where they all stand around waiting to die. Yeah, they and every once in a while, somebody uses, somebody uses an unblockable or somebody's got armor and you got to get behind them. It's like, it's fine. It's the, it's yeah. the same old if thing. If they attack and it's yellow, you block. It's funny. If they attack and it's red, you dodge. And that's pretty much all you need to know. It's funny that the... the um, the limiting factor is not whether you can win the combat or not. The limiting factor is whether other people see you and your notoriety goes up because then they'll give you away when you're trying to be sneaky to get in place. Later on. Yeah. You'll forget about it. So, yeah. And next thing you know, someone's like, he was a pickpocket. Get guards. Yeah. Get him. Get him. Like you're. And that, normally that doesn't matter. But if you're sneaking around where there's guards, it does. Oh, it and does. And like if you're yeah. doing like an, I, that happened to me like. The first big assassination where you got to do it and figure out which way to go in and what to do. I was just killing people if they got in my way, and like yeah. all the people, it, it was it's in like a big crowded marketplace, and you've got all these people in the marketplace saying he's the killer, and like mm -hmm. okay, this isn't working for me. Yeah, because, this is uh, yeah, good. I, I can't get done. What like the guy I wanted to talk to to get the thing I needed was running away. Yeah, so it didn't, yeah. You know, that was a problem. Yeah. Um. So there is an element of that, but the problem for me is that it plays just like Valhalla, and Valhalla's gameplay in terms of running around and jumping and maneuvering and nav navigating the world was. Was fine in Valhalla where it was fairly open and the cities were kind of you know mostly if you were running the pathways toward, were wide if you're running towards a wall in Valhalla you probably want to climb you're it. intentionally doing but it. Yeah. in this game you're running through pretty narrow streets and alleys and just like with uh Edward Kenway and Connor he sometimes he's just grabbing just, shit. just starts running and up like the wall. I'm like no I, I constantly I'm like no what do you, and he like tries to outthink the direction you want to jump sometimes I'm like yeah. I do not want to jump on that little post over there it's i want to jump to the ground like yeah. it, it, it won't it does not give you the precision and control that the old ones did especially the Ezio era which was needed to pull off the things they want you to pull off yeah and i just i find it it's very it's the most disappointing thing of this game to me is that they just it's just a dlc for valhalla in the end yeah. and it's probably i probably have started i think it actually was kind of started as that it feels like yeah. it it does feel like it obviously it's bigger and there's they add a lot more bloat to make it yeah a, i mean it's a, over 20 hours yeah. no dlc generally but lasts it, that but long but it's but. definitely like i understand why it's only 50 bucks yep i do um, too yeah and it, like the length is fine it's you know it's got plenty to do in it it's it's a respectable sized game and and you're seeing, not as many collectibles though. There's not some. as many, but also like I don't miss. Yeah, I don't. I don't, don't like, miss five thousand feathers yeah, either, or like anything. Yeah, that's fine. It's, it's about right. It's I think about where that it should, should be. stay for future installments of the franchise. Yeah, the number the, of collectibles. the density is about right. Yes, like, like if, if you want to expand the, the the feudal Japan map out with more of it because it's a bigger area, great. But I don't need four new kinds of collect. This doesn't need to be Banjo Kazooie anymore. Like we're fine. Here's the, the screen Matt and I were talking about the corkboard like yeah. investigation and screen. this eventually expands out much it's much huge. bigger yeah. it's, it's 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 a pretty it's there it's probably the coolest new idea in the game yeah um and i would like to see them keep it and 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 kind of evolve it uh moving forward but it really I'm, it's but i'm sure screen. they won't because red is made by a totally different team and they're probably not even talking <laughs> to each other um it's really your mission screen though that's where you go yeah. to like choose your missions and all that type of stuff it's yeah. just a different way of presenting it but, but it's, it's keeping clever. track of things and each like each order of the ancient guy you're trying to track down um, and they did that in Valhalla, but it's like it's like that 
you know the order screen but like expanded out to be more like clue oriented and sort of exploring the world and each one's kind of attached to a different bureau yeah. in the city which kind of makes it like yeah you know, so you can kind of jump between different ones and sometimes you get something in one mission that it, it explains something about the another guy then you go over there and progress that yeah it's like, like that all kind, of, kind of a detective yeah, based game like that all kind of yeah. weaves together pretty well the problem for me is just they did not revamp or even maybe regress the gameplay to to play it like match. it should work yeah. the way, I mean they, they adapted the game design and they did not adapt which I like I like all that I like that they pulled it back and made the, the investigation more important and the assassinations more freeform and, and a big event like they did in the first game honestly in the first game was the last time I yeah. remember them be, be really being like you know it's it's less um, boring in that you know because the first game was like you got to sit around and listen to guys talk while you're sitting on yeah. a bench but yeah. when you got to the, the well there's these dropping in this too oh, yeah. though <laughs> but, but not as bad as something like Black Flag, right. where you're constantly sneaking through bushes for like half a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. But like, I like that that all builds up in those older games to a big assassination moment where you're like, okay, here's here's the location. The guy you're trying to kill is in there. Figure it out. Yeah, and that's great. That's the best. That's the that's Assassin's Creed at its best. But it can't be at its best. In well, there's this only five of them in this too. Right. Well, yeah, that's two. But I mean, okay, it's ten bucks per per yeah. kill is fine. <laughs> but like, my that's problem funny. is that the game, the game play, the actual controls are not here to support that kind of game design. And you can muddle your way through, but I never felt good doing. It. I think the controls in this feel like mud, like mush. Yeah. It just doesn't feel responsive at all. There's, but, there's no precision. There's no snap. And again fine in the Valhalla world yeah but when you're trying I mean I feel like you need to do some really split second stuff in this game and really be able to like make him do what he needs to do like I'm like oh this is happening that that situation changed that guy's looking over here they heard this I gotta get over this thing and drop if you just need to do something which would have been simple in the old like Ezio games I need to hop over this railing drop down to one floor swing through the through the window and come back up the other side good fucking luck yeah. because you're gonna be sitting there ha- hitting the B button to make him drop and like did, did he drop i don't know because this thing slows down so much that like and like there's such control lag that you're like maybe he did but actually he took two b button presses so he's going to drop down two ledges and now you're completely out of position and you've landed on the ground and the guard that was on the ground sees you and it's yeah. over like it's it happens all the time and, and the it's combat really feels annoying like nothing like when you do the counter kills and you do like the oh one there's no sad, there's no there's force no, or anything nothing to, no you nothing. feel nothing like he literally just places his sword in people's in their chests. body. Like there's, there's no there's no feedback anything. in the controller. There's, there's no audio no. cues. It's just bad. It's awful. Yeah, in like a way that Assassin's Creed has never been. It's bad never been that. like that. The Even game back when the gameplay in this kills. game the gameplay in this game is the least satisfying it has ever been. I agree in this, in this series. Yeah, I that is like I don't mind the setting. The story's fine. Characters fine. I, the gameplay is what has just left me out in the cold on this, and it doesn't have to be that way because they've done it before. Yeah. Well, there's other weird things, too. There's like, so in this game, they're synchronizing. You climb up towers, and then you get to the perch, and you synchronize, and then you jump down into the yeah. hay or whatever. But like, the synchronized thing never goes away. So if you keep climbing up, you can keep synchronizing those points. They never go away. Oh, you could always do that. I've never noticed that yeah, before. Yeah, that's always been true. You really? Could, yeah. You can, because they want to let you... I have never noticed no, that. Yeah, you've always been able to, really? to do that. Really? Yeah. Why? So you can see the pretty rotation thing How they spent a lot of time How have I never on. noticed that? I don't know. I've done that all the time. A couple times I've done that in older games where I went up there and I accidentally hit the button and... I noticed it on the very first perch in this game for yeah. some reason. It ha- and I it, never noticed it yeah. in the thousands there's, of hours a bunch I spent of, playing I don't know if it's games. every single one of them, but there are, you can redo the sync rotation shot in most Weird. of them. Weird. I've never noticed that until this game. One thing I will say that I think might be different on this one 
usually when you fast travel to a a, like a, a sync a sync point yeah in the other games you don't have the option to sync to do that scene yeah in this one you do yeah so sometimes i've fast traveled accidentally hit the y button and had to watch the scene again that i do not th- I, usually i think they're smart the other games are smart enough to disable that it's weird i don't know why it does it in any case it makes no sense like once it's, I, the, it's there if you want because it's a pretty shot and if you want to see it again you can see it again that's I what guess. it is those those are put I mean, that in some cinema option in the menus like because it's real time that's why it's yeah important. that's the thing about this game too is like there are moments you know the sync shots and some stuff there are thing moments in this game where it is absolutely draw drop droppingly gorgeous and then there's scenes like this <laughs> you see the character models. where these characters are like are are you from the ps4 sir because yeah. i don't think you're in the right game also the no- engine needs work on hair the hair um, i mean as you can see they put hats on everybody in this game so they don't have to show off their horrible hair tech but it looks so bad. That's one of the advantages of setting it in the Isl- Islamic world is so many people have their head covered. Right, yeah. Like you don't have to show long hair. Yeah, no, often. you're right. You don't have to make it look um, convincing at all. The beard tech is on point, but the yeah. but the, the actual hair, everyone's got like Unreal Engine hair. Yeah. From Unreal Engine 3.5 hair. Yeah. Um, so like, this is gorgeous. Like, I love, and like, they clearly put a lot of work into the lighting on this. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, un- Unity probably looks a little better from like a just aesthetic point of view, especially if you're like in Notre Dame and you're seeing the light filter in through the 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 um the stained glass and stuff yeah. but that's baked lighting this is real time oh, yeah. and like the, and it and it you can really tell when the looks sun's cool starting to go down the yeah. shadows get it's longer it's really and... nice but it's such a there are other parts that look up horrible and down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so all over the place it's... and again the setting everything is brown just look mm-hmm. at all this footage that you've been seeing it's just 80 different shades of brown like there's you get to baghdad there's domes that, that are blue and they stand out so much because it's the only color in the whole city. Like, it's after a while, I was just like, I don't know. This is to me is the most boring Assassin's Creed I've ever played. Like the plot, the setting, the main, the protagonist, the antagonist, like everything is- about it. It just bored me. Like I, every Assassin's Creed, like when I first started playing it, like I'm locked down, dude. Even the ones that I don't end up liking that much. I guarantee you, I played the first 20 plus hours of those games without ever even thinking about stopping. And this game, like, I had no problem putting it down and coming back later. I was like, okay, like... Yeah, I still I still like it. I, I definitely played... Uh, it was hard to put this down and go over to Forza. Mm, um, I can see that. <laughs> that I would... Um, I can see. <laughs> but, um... I, I mean, I would put it in the lower half. Yeah. Of the, but I still think Unity is the most boring game in the series. Yeah. Um, I, I also found that game to be that Unity way. nailed the traversal mm-hmm. probably better than any other game after the Ezio games. But I just do not give a shit about Arno. Yeah. Or Honestly, <laughs> and, and I, Ubisoft wasn't ready for that yet. But the character you played in Unity should have been his girlfriend. Yeah. She she should have been the because she's the only one anything fucking happens to. Yeah. That game should be called Assassin's <laughs> Creed a day late and a dollar short because all he's doing is is happening upon the place yeah. his girlfriend was just at. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean this is not certainly not Assassin's Creed at its Hype. at its best or even at its <laughs> mediocre yeah. really much of the time. <laughs> I but do I, like that Eagle Vision and the Eagle in general is a much bigger part of this game. I um, hardly ever used him in the last few like Oh, I used them in the in the Ancient games all yeah, the time. I, I hardly use them very much for that the last the, few that entries. That is the unusual thing about this is they have actually incorporated the eagle vision, the eagle aerial thing into an, an, an assassin level. Yeah, because you, you plan um, out your missions using the eagle yeah. now. Which, which works. Like it's, yeah. it, that's good. Absolutely. It gives you clues. It shows you like 
sneaky entrance points into the palace, all mm. that. The other thing I had to relearn, and this is also uh, a, a callback to some degree of the uh, first game, is like you do all this stuff to sneak around. Because I do like to try to be as unobtrusive, you know, in and out, like nobody's yeah. blade in the crowd kind of thing. And I, But every time you do one of the big assassinations, you do the thing, you, you sneak up on over here, go, okay, can't see me, gets that thing up, to, up there, da, 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 drop down. And then the cutscene is like, he like lands on him in the middle of the square, <laughs> strings him up with a giant rope, holds him up there, and like sounds like a gong. And you're yeah. like, oh, it's you're sending a message. I see. Like, what did I do all that shit for then? Why don't I just fight my way in and stab him? Like, what the? Yeah. Like, it, it, but that was also like Altier. Altier used to do this stuff like that too. So I, it, it, that was kind of funny. Where I was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna totally. No one's ever gonna know I was here. And yeah, it's just yeah. like, no, they 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 know you were there. Was, you were, you game, didn't have a fucking mask on, you idiot. This game is also more like GTA, and that when the heat is on, you definitely feel the difference in it. And a big oh, part yeah. of the game is like getting rid of the heat. And there's a couple different ways you can do it. There's a certain enemy that'll show up that you can kill, and that'll wipe it all out. Yeah, but they, they send like a like an Arabian ninja after you. Yeah. Basically. If you beat him, your notoriety goes. Which I think is... The notoriety thing, I want to say, started in Brotherhood. It was definitely an Ezio game, because I remember him complaining about the likeness on the posters. Yeah. But it's the same thing. You can either kill the guy who comes after you when it maxes out, tear wanted posters down, or pay the town crier to, yeah. to say you're so not So there's this whole bad. system of like these coins that you find and collect throughout the game. That yeah, you- which, which is imp- it's important... Pickpocketing matters in this a game lot. for the first time maybe in the entire series because you actually get important shit from well, it. Well, that's where you get all those coins. Like, you can find well, you, them, but you they get take the, forever well, you get to those, find. You get those coins in decent amounts from the contracts, yeah. from the side missions. But, like, you're talking about a 20 to 30 minute side mission to get, like, four of those coins. Yeah. Or five pickpockets in like less than a minute to get four of those right. so you're getting literal side quest rewards from pressing the button twice yeah yeah that's a big deal some of the um missions too they you get bonuses for not being damaged for sneaking in so to your point where you're like i like to go in have nobody mm-hmm. touch me do the assassination and get out you're actually rewarded for playing that way in this for game cer- as for well. certain ones yeah everyone has very this various bonus ability it's mm-hmm. like either don't get detected or don't take any damage yep or um kill with fire that's my favorite yeah, yeah. one i'm like i actually i had to upgrade one of my bombs to be able to set somebody on fire because the guy the the, contra, the 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 contract giver wanted me to burn the guy to death so yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right well, customer's always right so yeah i found that. the coin system to be okay like yeah well early on i was like oh my god the coins are so I can't it's hard find to get them. them like it's like and then it's, i started it's, pickpocketing like, how could, i can't imagine giving a green <laughs> coin to the merchant just to get 10 percent off and then you're like oh i have 40 of them yeah. now because i <laughs> yeah. realized that pickpocketing is actually the strongest skill in the game yep absolutely um, and then there's like a contracts board where you accept like faction quests to gain favor with the various factions. There's like three different factions in Baghdad. This is like, also interesting because this is absolutely not what happens. No. In the game. No. It, well, this is a cinematic trailer. This is a debut yeah. trailer. This is the first. They're just trying to set the scene or whatever. But you're right. Now that you've played the game, it's always funny watching these trailers after you've actually played the game. It's always like, oh, yeah. now I see why they decided to do that. Like, when it feels like this was probably your proof of concept. This is probably what they right. pitched the game to the Ubisoft CGI. Brass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it seems like, yeah. Um, so there's, like, the contracts board where there's, like, faction quests. So you always have, like, there's always tons of side quests available. You don't have to keep plowing through the main campaign if you don't want to. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, how called back is this game? Like, how much, what does it exactly strip out? And that's what's been interesting to me playing this is figuring out what stuff they decided to keep and which stuff they decided to add and which stuff they're like, oh, that doesn't work in the context of this this framework of this older style game. That's been kind of the most interesting part of playing this for me anyway. Yeah. They basically, they stripped out like the base building, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't miss that. 
Um, they, the one thing I do miss, though, is how you used to be able to send out the assassins on missions. And there was this whole interface mm-hmm. where you'd have like this this cadre of the assassins. And, thing. Yeah. and then they'd come back and bring back rewards. And this was kind of happening like meta underneath the surface of the game. Like, I do kind of miss that a little bit. Yeah, but. the organization of the hidden ones isn't really robust enough for that yeah. at this point. Like, I did, uh, like, I replayed Rogue uh, earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And like that, you know, those sending everybody out on those the sailing missions, the cargo missions, yep. been managing your fleet and stuff. Yep. Like, that's fun. And also, they've never. Nothing in terms of sort of like your bonus ability or whatever things in these games. Nothing has ever matched Brotherhood when you could hit the button and just have he, would just, he would just call in dudes. Yeah, and call, like, was that awesome. was that was the coolest it thing. Was great, and like, they never that matched gone? that again. <laughs> now in this, I guess you because he's so low level, that doesn't right. he wouldn't be able to be involved. He shouldn't in be the guy doing that. Like yeah. other games, you have been playing basically pretty pretty important people yeah and he's he's act, that is the most maybe one of the most notable things about this game is this may be the least important assassin you've ever played as. no you seriously i'm i can see why they didn't put that on the box yeah, yeah. like be the least <laughs> consequential guy ever and because yeah. he does he becomes obviously important later by the time of valhalla but at this point he's just like the newbie who doesn't know shit about shit um yeah yeah i don't it's there's it, the it's, skill you know, trees you know what even, even in this footage Baghdad looks more colorful than it does you're in right. the final game. No, you're right. Um, there are weird. three different skill trees. They're pretty simple. It doesn't take all that long to get pretty much all of no. them maxed out. Also, like, half of them suck. Yeah. <laughs> like the, a lot of the, the abilities are either sort of like, you should have these to begin with, or yeah. like... Well, the, I, fan, I, the Phantom I, Tree is for, like, assassinations. Yeah, I'll tell you the, the one thing bar. that you... Um, there's a thing they don't do much in the game. The pole. The pole thing yeah. shows up a couple times in the opening, and then you never see Hardly it again. Hardly see it again. Yeah. Um, the uh, one thing I will say, uh, the pickpocket upgrade skill. Go get that sucker. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that bar sometimes is... Yeah. You have to be good sometimes you have to, be real to close. pickpocket. Like this, and the, the, the pickpocket skill, some of it then becomes automatic, but it, yeah. it doesn't have one of the merchant coins in it. Right, But, right. like, if you do... The bar is, like, five times thicker yeah, it makes for the, a big the space you have. So, yeah. Yeah, get that. That's, that's yeah. There's there's three trees. The phantom tree is for assassinations and the focus bar. The trickster tree is for tools and pickpocketing, and then the predator tree is based mostly for eagle vision. Mostly for the eagle, but the bottom of the predator tree uh, auto tags people if you're undetected and crouching, which right. is the best. That top is a level huge. Skill. That's important. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I have not. I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy my time playing this game, but. I didn't really have a lot of fun with it. I felt like I was just kind of going through the motions a lot of times. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's fine. It's I fine. Mean, I would agree with that. Kind of, it kind of fills in the gap. Uh, it's better than not getting into Assassin's Creed this year. Yeah. You know? But I do hope that Red is a little more robust, thought out... Um, Something. I mean, they need they need to revamp it a little bit. You need they need to rethink some of this stuff. And just having it play the same as the ancient trilogy games is not working for me. I'm a little worried about how they've cut the corners in some things in this game, like graphically, like um, like people have money bags like on their belt that you pickpocket or whatever. But every time they show the money bag, it's like you're holding a cannonball. And like when characters touch stuff and grab stuff like they haven't done the they haven't done the naughty dog work is what i'm getting at where yeah but yubi's never gonna do that yeah i just feel like this is almost like a step back in some ways and maybe that's on purpose and that's why it's only 50 bucks like i don't know i mean it doesn't feel like it's they've done that for 
forever with these. You know, it looks exactly like the previous two. Yeah, like, it's all the same. Some of it's the same animations. Yeah, like and then the how cine- about the obnoxious Ubisoft Connect notifications that <laughs> pop up and take up like half the freaking mm-hmm. screen? It's like, dude. <laughs> doing like and they come up constantly like i'm always ticking off achievements from ubisoft's weird like connect thing yeah, they finally does. stopped as i kind of like maxed all those out yeah went away. well eventually, eventually you get them all but for the all, first yeah. like 10 hours of the game it's just constantly these huge over and you're like what did i do and it turns out to be like eat eat 10 pots right <laughs> like okay like, what, i didn't know we were tracking yeah. that but okay yeah playing this game i never felt like something exciting was about to happen I, it just mm-hmm. never built me up like emotionally to like, oh, th- things are getting heavy now. Things are important now. This person's important. This mission's important. They, it just stayed at kind of like this low buzz and just there was no like peaks or valleys to play in the game. Even like one of the like peaks that, was getting on the camel for the first time and riding the even camel. Even look at that thing where they're kind of riding to Baghdad in those scenes and like you get the shot of like the really blue sky through the, right. the archway yeah. and then the the haboob, the big wind scene, wind uh, the the sandstorms coming in. Yeah, there are no sandstorms in this game. Like nothing like that ever anything. happens. Like well, the other thing I would say too, Matt, you don't is, even get rain because it's the fucking desert. <laughs> like it, right. Well, night, I think I would nighttime too, is the only interesting thing that happens. Well, the worst part to me about the setting for this is like the towns are pretty boring on their own. But you get outside of the towns, and there is nothing. It is just sand. Yeah. It's I mean, just, accurate. <laughs> I mean, it's accurate, but it also is just boring AF. It's, it's, clearly, like, it's clearly a reason they give you the the mount. Oh, the yeah. And the mount, by the way, is like as fast as a Ferrari. Oh, like that camel like, can run like 60 yeah. miles an that is, hour. <laughs> that is a rocket. And I think you're right. I think that's why. It's like because there's nothing in mm-hmm. between the spaces in this game. Like it's just dead. It's just sand and desert and dunes. Like you can also ride on boats, but I've never found a reason to do that. Yeah. Because there's like the the oasis is in this are rare because it's right. in the desert like there just isn't and that like much a river water. but it's like there's no reason to be on the river right like, yeah they're like I'm on the Euphrates <laughs> and I'm off and like, I'm off <laughs> and now I'm on the bank <laughs> but I I mean I just hate, I hate to say it like I was I wouldn't say I was like completely bored playing this but I was bored a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't bored, but I just I'm just very disappointed that they didn't revamp the gameplay in any way to match the change in how they mm-hmm. were designing the assassination yeah. ideas. Like it just it doesn't work. It worked for the way they framed everything and the action oriented elements of the ancient, especially Odyssey and Valhalla, it doesn't work here. And it feel I feel like I'm fighting the controls too much. I agree, um, and that's my big thing. Like, I got I like the trappings of everything. I wish they had more personality in the entries. I like, got the best the best codexes in this this game series are always when sh- sh- they're written by Shane mm-hmm. sh- Sean Hastings, the, yeah. the guy who uh, the the sarcastic British guy. Uh, and I know that there's no framing device of the animus to justify that, but who fucking cares? Yeah, just make like, it interesting. Put a little personality fun, yeah. in here Seriously. once in a while. For God's sake. I agree. Um, I, I, this is also one of those times where I saw a game in its debut trailer, and almost everything I thought about it from that debut trailer ended up being true. Mm-hmm. I thought the combat looked weird. I thought that the traversal looked like it was way too automatic and it was doing a bunch of stuff on its own. I thought the graphics looked shoddy. All of that turned out. Mm-hmm. To ultimately be true, in my opinion. Yeah, I just really thought I didn't. A lot of that I thought was a given because it's Ubisoft. But I really thought they would tweak how the game played 
from I didn't think it would feel like a Valhalla mod yeah. as much as it does. Mm -hmm. I thought they would change some things to you know, fit the fact that they were sort of taking it back to an assassination model rather than an and they do. I mean, that part is accurate. Like they do, but like the, the controls don't support it. Like yeah, you're still, it, it's yeah. still as. I mean, it didn't matter how awkward it was to get down off a ledge when you were Eivor, right? You know, it or when it you does were, in this though. or when you Cassandra because Cassandra could jump off anything and not take damage, but right. she had a magic fucking spear. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Whereas like this is sort of yeah. like you have to like do all and like I'm I just and because I keep thinking back to the 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 Ezio stuff and how I could make that game fucking dance Same. in a way yeah. that just did not does it's not possible yeah. here no you're right and yeah. it's just something a awkward is inevitably going to happen yeah. yeah even the you know I I remember when I started to feel like things were really really getting more off track was Syndicate as much as I liked that game the two things that were the problem for me in Syndicate was the grappling hook was had everything had to stop to use the grappling hook. Like you had to, it wasn't like a thing you just sent you Spider-Man out and do whatever that you had to stop, equip it, aim it at a thing, aim it at a specific point that could be grappled and then grapple up. And it was sort of an interruption of yeah. the, of the nobody parkour. wants that. And they kept making me play as Jacob and Jacob sucks. <laughs> um, those two things were like, maybe you guys do need to bring this back to basics because you seem to have forgotten what makes this Assassin's Creed thing work. Mm hmm. And I was kind of hoping in the interim of the ancient trilogy, they'd have learned that, had some new ideas and said, now we can kind of go back and people don't have the same expectations. So we can sort of tweak it and make this a different thing. And even if Red turns out to be basically Valhalla in Japan, you have this side series that's sort of like doing the more folded in assassination stuff. And they just don't because yeah. it plays exactly the goddamn same as the Viking game. Yeah. So and I, I just it's it, that was that's the disappointment to me. The fact that they didn't think the traversal needed any kind of work or help or tweaking um, off of like the last two when they're you're changing the design so yeah, much so is just yeah. I just don't understand. It's a little weird. Yep, for sure. So final verdict on this. I can't I can't give this a thumbs up, Matt. I can't tell people to buy this. Even though it's at a discounted rate at just the $50, like, look, if you're a hardcore Assassin's Creed fan, you already bought it. Yeah. You're, you're going to buy all of them. But if you're someone who, like, buys the good ones, like, I would stay away from this one. Yeah, I mean, this isn't going to change your mind about anything. It's not... If you didn't like how the last couple have played, this is the same. Except yeah. the combat's less robust. Yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm. If you're interested in the setting, if you're interested in kind of you know ninth century Baghdad, um, all ten of you, or, or the <laughs> the, um, I mean, there's people who major in that. No, shit. I, I know. Um, or the investigation idea, like they they do that okay. Um, but again, all the stuff that's interesting there, you got to remember, it's tempered by the fact that it plays traversally. It plays exactly like the last few. Yeah, and that doesn't really gel with this style of game. Um, I mean, it is only fifty bucks. Which I would is wait okay. to get it at like thirty or but forty. You're, but given the competition out there right now and the, and the other releases this month, and Spider Man's coming up next Friday, like just get pick this up. For New 19, Mario coming in a week. Pick this up for nineteen ninety nine in six months. I agree. Yeah, it's a shame because I do like the concept. I like the idea that they're trying to make it a throwback to the games that I enjoyed more than the last couple. But you're right; like they only took parts of it back they didn't take all mm -hmm. of it back and you're right you need to re-examine how the interaction works with the game if you're going to change the design that drastically mm -hmm. so let's see what you guys are saying i'm guessing some of you guys have been playing it yourselves um surf spider i've never played more than a couple hours of any assassin's creed game mostly due to the overwhelming time sink required they are big games yep i look at the map and i'm like nope would this be worth playing as a gateway into the franchise it's a manageable commitment yeah i mean it is probably the most manageable map 
of the series. It definitely is, but also I feel like they're getting off on the wrong foot with the franchise. Yeah. They may not want to play more of them, and there are better games in the franchise. I don't want it to scare you off is what I'm getting at. And AJ the Legend Watson says that it's on Game Pass. No, it's not. Um, um, Faradol says that Bas- Basim is also a lot more appealing to spend time with. Than Eivor? Than Eivor, yeah. Eivor, I Eivor, hated it. Eivor is, is <laughs> hated kind of a zero. <laughs> yeah. 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 I do like Especially Bas- coming more. off Cassandra, who's probably one of the best Assassin's Creed protagonists. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I, I agree with that for sure. Um, Vincent asks, does this make you more or less excited for Hexy? Which, I'll be honest with you, of the three Assassin's Creed games that we know are coming, Hexy is the one I'm most excited for. It's set in, like, witchcraft and, like... I need to know more about what it is before they before I get excited about it. Um, I also feel I'm like... Not I, all, I'm also not super excited about Red uh, from a point of view of, like, I know everybody wanted them to do Feudal Japan forever, but, mm-hmm. like, just because everybody wanted it doesn't mean it's the right call. And it, yeah. feels, it feels like they're kind of giving in to this setting that may or may not really serve the idea because the thing is like feudal japan isn't really an interesting building setup it's they're all kind of the same size it's not a very interesting uh, parkour setting well there's also like the way their buildings are constructed like i don't know how you climb them yeah like (laughs) poor poor people gonna have a lot of holes in the wall (laughs) for sure yeah you almost are gonna need like a grappling hook or something yeah i mean it's Getting and getting around kind of the pagoda thing, right? That's is, what I'm talking a, about. But I'm, I'm talking about the fact that most structures were about they one, or two, hot, one or two no. story. I guess no, right. there's yeah. not. A, I mean, you thought this was, you know, same. Not a lot of verticality. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know what you do with that. What I would say though is like, I think with this franchise, if you have, if there's an entry that you don't like. That shouldn't doom you for the rest of the franchise because these no. are really like all over the place. Like there's there's no real rhyme or reason to them. Yeah, like, honestly, go play Black Flag. Yeah, and that's they're doing a remaster of that like soon. Yeah, maybe wait for the remaster of Black Flag. Yeah, that's that's one of the better ones. I mean, I like Rogue more than Black Flag, but that A seems to be a minority opinion, and B I think Rogue is is as good as it is because I contrast it with Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Rogue Rogue learned a lot from Black Flag and avoided some of the same pitfalls, yep. but I don't think it plays as well as an introduction to the franchise, in part because you're playing a traitor. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's not really... You're it's, not playing as a good guy. Yeah, yeah, part of the novelty is you're playing as a, as a turncoat. Yeah, um, a rogue. Yeah. It's inter- it interesting, but it's mostly interesting to me because I know the rest of the series. Right. Um, Edward Kenway is a better introduction. Also, the sea shanties in Black Flag are better. Mm. And the sea shanties are very important. They are, yeah. There are no sea shanties in this game. Yeah. In fact, when I saw... There's moments where you can see uh, there's a guy with a musical note over him mm-hmm. who turns out to be someone you can just kind of bribe and he'll sing to Give like, him distract a coin the and he'll distract. Yeah. I thought he was going to sing like classical, like, like I don't know, like Arabic oh. songs or like <laughs> Islamic hymns or something. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then it's just like a distraction. Yeah. I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be like the sea shanty equivalent of like Baghdad no. in the ninth century. No. And it was not. Yeah. And another bitter disappointment. That's something else to use the coins for is to bribe people to help you, basically. Yeah. You, for dumb reasons to use the coins. <laughs> <laughs> I barely use the coins for anything except like I use them. Like to just, sneak into palaces, you can find groups outside the palace. You give them a coin, and they all walk in, and you don't have to worry about going through like the convoluted way to get in. You just give them the coin, and you just walk in with them. You mm-hmm. just blend in with them. But again, it's something that was in the earlier games that kind of went away over yeah. time. Although so. you didn't have to pay them for that. That's usually, true. usually you, <laughs> That's you just true. found a group of monks and conveniently and just, sort of joined the crowd and. Yeah. And, you know, none of the brothers apparently really cared that some dude in a totally different colored robe they never met before <laughs> was, like, wandering around with them. Yeah. 
Yeah, suspension of disbelief there. So anyway, there you go. That's Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, it's basically available for everything but Switch. And with Ubisoft, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we get a cloud version of this for Switch uh, someday. But it's not there yet. Uh, but it's available for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. But that's two do not buys from Matt and I. And unfortunately, that's not something you usually hear from us about Assassin's Creed. But that's how it's worked out this time. Uh, next up. We're going to talk about a game maybe some of you guys have been playing over the last few days, and that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 Multiplayer. Um, it's still really weird to me, Matt, that uh, Xbox owns, <laughs> basically owns Call of Duty, and the first weekend of the beta was PlayStation exclusive, well, and that's going to continue. It's not, they don't own them really yet. Right. I mean, it's, I think it's next week it actually yeah, finally goes through. The close is supposed to, yeah, next week. It's going to take, you're going to take a year, year and a half to really finish the merge, and... Mm -hmm. It's all the contracts are still in place. It's yeah, not yeah. going to be that. So anyway, if you're a PlayStation Five owner, a play, I think it was on PlayStation Four as well. You got to well, the first few days, first two days of the beta, you could only play if you had pre-ordered it. And then on Sunday, it cracked open to all PlayStation owners. And then for the rest of you, this coming weekend, it will be open to everybody on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, but it, it is actually still running today. So it started on. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it ended up being like a four-day early access period for the multiplayer mode. And I was actually pleasantly surprised by how robust it was, like how much was in there. There are there were four normal maps, and then there was a brand new map for Ground War, which is basically Call of Duty's attempt at Battlefield multiplayer on gigantic maps with vehicles and all that kind of stuff. Um, just a little bit of context before we start discussing the nuts and bolts of this. This was supposed to be an expansion of Modern Warfare 2. This game was not supposed to be its own game. And consequently, there's actually some fringe benefits of that. And the fringe benefits are that any of the gear that you unlocked in the Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer is supposed to transfer over to Modern Warfare 3. So your favorite gun that you spent all that time in the gunsmith tweaking out to, to where it was perfect for how you play, you can bring that gun in. However, this week in the beta, that did not work. It wasn't supposed to work. I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like it's supposed to be there and it wasn't. They said all along that that feature was not going to be in the beta. Um, so I did not get to use my weapon from Modern Warfare 2 in this. Um, and instead, we had to start from scratch. And like most Call of Duty games, for the first four levels, you have to choose from the loadouts that they give you. And there were three in the beta. And again, like typical Call of Duty um, multiplayer those loadouts give you things that you will not be able to unlock for a really long time. And in some cases, even though I played until the level cap, which was 20, I still never unlocked some of that stuff. So just so you know, when you go to play the beta this weekend, like look at those loadouts that they give you, those three loadouts that you start with, because there's some cool stuff in there that the beta will not give you no matter how much you play or how much you level up. Um, so anyway, ultimately, content from Modern Warfare 2 will transfer over into Modern Warfare 3. It's not there yet. Um, the game will also have its own campaign, and it has a brand new take on zombies, open world zombies. Now, I've never been a zombies fan, Matt. I don't know if you have ever been. No. I, I like the idea, but I don't think they've ever really done it very well. I agree. This time, it's open world. And this is not in the beta. I haven't had a chance to play it. I'm just letting you guys know what's in the game, um, aside from the multiplayer stuff that I actually had a chance to play. Um, so as I said, there's five maps in the beta. Four of them are classic Call of Duty maps. There was, for the first three days, there was only three. Or first two days. There was Favela, Skid Row, and Estate. And then on Sunday, they dropped Rust. Do you remember Rust? It's that really small, claustrophobic map where you spawn and get killed immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I spent most of Sunday and Sunday night uh, playing Rust. And um, 
And then the other three maps I was pretty sick of by the time the weekend got to the end. Favela was like this map that I was like, I love Favela. And then after by the third day of playing Favela, I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, so, and then a state, like I, I, it was, it, I'll say this, it was a nostalgia trip playing this weekend. It took me back to so many memories of playing Call of Duty at all the different places that I worked and the people that I worked with and the people who I was friends with that I worked with that were into Call of Duty as much as I was like Rohan at Game Trailers. He was a huge COD guy and he and I would always dive into the betas together and like team up and like, I just, it just was like a huge nostalgia rush. And that's the thing about this that may turn some people off and may make other people like it is that when it launches on November 10th, all the maps in the game will be old maps. There will be 16 launch maps and every single one of them are classic maps from the 2009 original Modern Warfare 2. And now again, like it was awesome playing some of these maps and remembering like spots that I had like used to sit in and like scope out like the map, like rediscovering all those strategies was kind of fun. And again, like it gave me this like warm, nostalgic feeling. Other people may not feel that way playing through all these old maps. Now to be fair, once the game launches, they have 12 brand new maps that will be released as seasonal content as the game goes on. That sucks, honestly. Like, I feel like at launch, they should have at least four or five new maps in addition to all the old ones. I don't know how other people feel about it, but that's how I feel. Again, I've played all these maps literally hundreds and hundreds of times, and I kind of already know like where the choke points are, where the good sniper spots are, where the good camping spots are. I kind of have that all figured out for these maps, so in some ways it was nostalgic. In other ways, I felt like I was also kind of going through the motions a little bit. Um, one thing I will say, they have made tweaks to the gameplay. The movement is definitely faster. The slides are faster than Modern Warfare 2, which is a huge upgrade to me. Like, I hated the slides in Modern Warfare 2 from last year. It almost felt like they were in slow motion in a lot of ways, but they have sped up the movement in general, so the traversal is, is a lot quicker. It has retained one of the new features from Modern Warfare 2 where you jump on a wall and you can actually hang on the wall and stay there. Like, you don't have to, like, mantle up or mantle down, you, and you can use it as cover and, like, peek up over the wall and shoot. That was a cool feature from last year's game that they managed to carry over into this one. Um, what else? Uh, time to kill. One of the most important things in any first-person shooter. Activision had said that it was extending the time to kill in Modern Warfare 3 compared to last year's Modern Warfare 2. I'll be honest with you, playing the game, I really struggled to feel a difference. But if you actually look at the game in this year's game you have 150 hit points and in last year's game you had 100 now again i'm telling you i didn't feel like i could feel the difference from last year's game and i had jumped back and played modern warfare 2 after this to try to see if i could tell the difference i really struggled to see it like it may be like two milliseconds difference in time to kill Activision is saying it's longer, which should give people who aren't quite as good a more a better chance of survival. And the only time I would say that maybe I could notice it was when somebody was trying to shoot me from far away. So if somebody saw me running across an open area from like 100 yards or more, and they're trying to shoot me as I'm running, it seemed like I survived those runs a little more often than I would in the past. But otherwise, I really didn't notice the shorter time to kill. You may notice it more than I did, but I really didn't. Um... What else? Um, aim assist in this game, it feels like they've dialed it back. Like you don't get the weird thing where if you don't have your thumb on the stick and an enemy runs by, your reticle starts dragging across the screen even though you're not touching the analog stick. 
it's there. It snaps a little bit. Like if you're if you have your your reticle generally in the right area, it will snap to the enemy. But it's not crazy like some Call of Duties have been, where it literally almost takes over. Like there have been times playing Call of Duty where I'm like, am I even playing this anymore? The aim assist is so much. I mean, this they definitely. It feels like they've definitely dialed it back a good bit. Um, there are around 20 weapons I counted in the beta, and obviously there's going to be a lot more in the final game. Um, the pick 10 system has been replaced with a pick 5, so you only can have 5 attachments on your gun at a time. However, there are actually like 9 attachments on your gun, so you have to pick and choose like which attachments you want to use, but you can never have them all in use at once. So. You have to make decisions. Do you want a bigger clip so you don't have to reload as often? Do you want special ammunition that'll go through walls? Or do you want to spend those five those five attachments that you have on just making the gun have as little kick as possible so that you can aim better? It's all decisions that you have to make. But I will admit, like, I don't know. By the time I got my gun to, like, level six or whatever, I kind of had it set up, and I never needed to go back and change it again. Like... And so it felt like the pick five system was just pointless, honestly. And like you start diving into it, you start looking at the attachments that you haven't attached to your gun, and the changes are so minuscule. I don't know. I felt like the whole pick system and the gun customization and the gunsmith stuff in this was just way more simple and rudimentary than it has ever been in Call of Duty. Well, may not ever, but ever since the pick 10 system popped up, which I think Black Ops 2 was the first one to have pick 10, if I remember correctly. But anyway, they simplified it. I don't think they simplified it for the better. It wasn't all that complicated in the first place. It's not like people didn't understand how it worked. Like, it's again, I've talked about this before. It's like Madden. They introduce a new feature. It sticks around for two years. It goes away. They wait five years. They bring it back again, and they try to act like it's a new feature again. A lot of that type of stuff is happening with Call of Duty multiplayer, and it has been happening for quite a while. Um, but yeah, like all the attachments, they're just a shade different than something else. Like, I... I don't know. It all seemed kind of pointless to me in the end. And I ended up, I found that like, I just stopped tinkering with it and I didn't use it as much as I have in the past. I don't know if that was their aim, but if that is, they succeeded. Um, it also makes almost all the guns in each class feel the same um, because you just can't make them work differently enough using the attachments like you could before when you could attach like eight or nine different things to each gun. Um, spawning. <laughs> Every first-person shooter beta that I've ever been in, the spawning needs work. So I'm not trying to raise a stink about this. It's it's always a problem that they don't solve until they have all the data from the betas. So it's the problem is in Rust, it was a nightmare. Like there would literally be someone just standing there waiting to shoot you as soon as you spawn. Like they figured out where the four or five spawn points are and they would just camp them and just wait for you to spawn. I I did it. There was points where I found like a spawn point and I just sat there and just kept my gun trained on that spot. And as soon as they would spawn, plap, 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 dead. Plap, 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 dead. Plap, 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 dead. And you can just roll up the kills. And that's that's something that will be fixed and is easily fixable. Spawn points, spawn timing, all that kind of stuff. That's all data driven. They'll have to use the data that they've collected from this beta to make that work better. So that's just a matter of time. Um, as far as the modes are concerned, nothing cool or out of the ordinary. There's team deathmatch, kill confirmed, hardpoint, domination, and ground war, which is the big battles, just like Battlefield. Um, and those ro rotated through and cycled through. None of them worked any differently than they have in the past. They all kind of function exactly the same as they always have. Um, ground war is 32 versus 32, and there's tons of vehicles on the map. I One thing I like about ground war versus Battlefield is almost every time I spawn, there's a vehicle waiting for me. 
And in Battlefield, that is never the case. Hmm. Battlefield, every time I spawn, there's never a vehicle waiting. And I have to run like five miles just to get sniped by somebody in the head and have to do it all over again. Almost every time I spawn in Ground War, there was a, some kind of a vehicle waiting for me. And it, and it just so happened that like, even after playing just a few matches of Ground War, I had used all the vehicles that were in it. Because they just spawn more quickly and they're smart about how they spawn as far as the variety is concerned. So I thought that was really good. Um, they've completely changed. Oh, there's also squad spawning in ground war which is a big battlefield thing that's in call of duty as well so you can spawn on your teammates you also get bonus points for doing that one thing that they've changed is the perk system there were three perks that you could select in modern warfare 2 this time there's four but they've done it differently they're pieces of clothing that you equip um there's a vest there's boots there's gloves and there's one like general miscellaneous gear slot that's just kind of like a hodgepodge of options um and then there's like each one of those has four or five different things that you unlock as you play. And again, a lot like the pick five gunsmith, they're just shades of each other. Like it, it ultimately, the only thing, the one, the only one that really mattered to me all that much were the vests because the vests will change your actual loadout. Like if you wear a certain vest, you won't even have a lethal in your loadout at all. It'll just completely eliminate it. So, but it will help you run faster or it will give you like more like damage protection or whatever. So there's a little bit more of a yin and a yang to the vests than there are to the other pieces of gear, but really they're just camouflaging, doing the perk system in a different way. And now you have four instead of three. Um, some of the stuff seems a little unbalanced. Like there's this one tactical equipment you can get called Battle Rage. It's like this injection that you get. And it was so bad and overpowered that they actually nerfed it on Sunday morning. <laughs> so two days of playing, it was abused so much. Like people who were good with it would not die. Because it was regenerating their health so quickly that once they use it, nobody could kill them. So they went in and they completely tweaked that mid-beta, which you hardly ever see. Um, so they... That they, means it was interfering with other data they were trying probably to Probably right, yep. Um, and basically what they did was they reduced the max duration that it lasted, and it no longer increased health regeneration speed. So you couldn't regenerate your health much more quickly like you could when, it first, when they first launched the beta. Um, also, any damage that you took would interrupt the health regeneration as well. And once they did that, it, pro it solved the problem, which makes you wonder, like, why wasn't it that way to begin with? I don't know. Um, you still have your ultimate, like you do, and you've had in the last couple Call of Duties. It's on a cooldown, but honestly, they just seem like less fun and not very exciting. One is a comm scrambler. It's like it almost looks like an Ethernet router that you throw down on the ground, and all it does is like keep the team, the other team, from communicating with each other. Huh. And it's like it shows up on the mini map for them, and you can see it. It's like blatant. It's like bright yellow, and it's huge, and it sits on the ground like it literally would last like 10 seconds before they would destroy it. Like it just seemed pointless to me. So I wasn't a big fan of that one. Um, there was another one, which was just a box that you threw on the ground that like would capture points, even if no one on your team was there. So at first I was like, oh, there's strategy. I can hide this like in a bush or whatever. And, but again, it also appears on the mini map and make like a noise. And so again, the other team would find it almost immediately and destroy it or People just throw grenades at the points. That's just how you play. You're like, oh, I guarantee you there's somebody on the point. I'm just going to throw a grenade at it, and it would blow up the box. So a lot of the supers in this I did not find particularly fun or interesting or all that functional inside the context of the game. So I was kind of disappointed in that. Um, also, the kill streaks and the, the score streaks felt uninspired. There's a couple new ones. There's a weird, like, wind turret thing called a Guardian SC 
that you could see it right there. You see the wind blowing through the window? Yeah, I wasn't sure what that was supposed to be. It's to so you put it at the point so if the enemy comes and tries to capture the point, it blows them away. <laughs> it literally keeps them from getting to the point. It almost it, looks like a glitch. And it make it does kind of. And it makes them like a sitting duck because they're frozen by the wind and you can just shoot them and kill them. So, it's kind of one of those things you just use to protect like a Is that flag a real or, thing? No. Definitely not a, little, a real thing, man. Little off the, uh, <laughs> a little off the, 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 the mission statement there. Yeah. And then there's another, then the final one that you could get was a juggernaut where you throw a grenade and it would just send down this crazy juggernaut suit that you would get in. And that was fun because you're crazy overpowered, but you don't really have awesome weapons. And as soon as people know the juggernauts on the map, the whole team just comes after you. Like, every time I got it, I was dead within like 15 seconds. And the most kills I got with the juggernaut suit was two. So they might want to do some tweaking to that as well, because it's all again. It was the top kill streak on the board. That's the best one that you could get, and like literally the most kills I got with it was two. So I'm thinking they might want to do some tweaking to that or some changes to that. Um, the lethals are also tweaked a little bit. Um, there's a claymore according to Activision, but I never saw it in any loadouts. I never saw another player using claymores. But like, if you go and like, I didn't think they were in the game at all. Like, I didn't think there were claymores or any kind of a trip mine or a proximity mine. Um, and I was like, that's weird. They've been in every freaking game, and I love them. Like, typically, I use them in a game. So I went to the official Call of Duty website, and the website says they're in the game and that they should be in the beta. I never saw anyone use them. I never found them. I never found a loadout where I could select them. But again, going back to what I was saying earlier about the vests, like depending on what vest you have equipped, it changes your loadout and what you can and cannot equip. So my guess is I just never used the right vest that would let me use the proximity mines. I don't know. They're claymores. But I never found them. And again, I never saw anybody else using them in the entire beta. And I played pretty much every day for the entire weekend. Um... Other, some other issues that I had, uh, it was very difficult for me to tell the difference between my team and the enemy. Because the blue... I'm having trouble with that watching the footage. Yep. Because the blue and the red icons above them, like, it used to be the enemies would have a red nameplate. And so it was very easy to tell. Yeah, now it looks like there's a tiny little blue dot Yep. on your allies. Yep. That's it. It's, it, it, it took me two and a half days before I could confidently know, like, instantly by seeing a scene, who the enemies were and who the teammates were. My guess is they're going to tweak that as well. I think they'll end up adding the red nameplates back in because it's just something that's so simple that makes the game needlessly difficult to play. So I think that will come around. I feel like you should get more than 100 XP for taking out a Predator drone. Yeah. I don't know. It's easy. Because it's uh, the the uh, drones are like the first like kill streak or whatever. So you only need like three kills. So they're constantly going up. And like I always have a launcher to take them down. Like I could roll up crazy points in a match by just taking down the drone. So I kind of understand why they have them balanced that way. It's always been that way in all Call of Duties. Like you take down the drone, you get 100 points and that's pretty much it. So I don't really have a big problem with it as somebody who uses a launcher and likes to take those things down as much as I can. Right. I'm just saying in actual combat, that would be a rather impressive oh, huge. achievement. Huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it takes away the mini map. Yeah. Which is a big, big deal in Call of Duty. Um, and what else? I think that's it. Again, the beta returns on Friday for another round, and it's on all platforms. All of you will be able to play it this coming weekend. And they've already said that there's going to be a bunch of new stuff. There's the there's that yeah, it air looks turret. like a glitch. It's so dumb. <laughs> and they've already said that there will be new maps this weekend. There will be new guns this weekend. There will be new perks and new other maps stuff. Maps in like old maps, but not in the beta yet. Or new maps as in new maps. No, as in old maps. Yeah. They just aren't in the beta yet. Yeah. And again, they added a new map on Sunday. They added Rust, like, out of nowhere. I had no idea that that was going to be included, and it just started 
popping up in the rotation. I was like, woo at first. And then I started playing on Rust, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this map. I used to avoid this map because it, there's really no skill involved. It's just like a massacre pretty much all the way across the map. So there you go. That's my experience playing the Modern Warfare 3 multiplayer beta. Um, I did have fun with it. I had stopped playing Modern Warfare 2 months ago and uninstalled it, by the way, because it was like 180 gigs. Mm. And as we started coming into Q4, I'm like, I'm going to need that space. And so I just deleted it a couple months ago. So I hadn't played it for a couple months. Jumping back in here, I will say it does feel samey. Um, I, I realize I just talked about a bunch of different changes that have been made to the multiplayer. And you're probably like, oh, wow, that sounds like a lot of changes. The truth is, though, when you actually sit down and you start playing it, it doesn't feel all that different from last year's game, which makes sense if you're going to have to be if you're going to be able to bring in all the stuff that you unlocked in the last game into this one. And I'll say this, Matt, like, I hope this doesn't continue, because if this is what's keeping the games feel so similar to each other. I like more of a deviation between installments of Call of Duty is what I'm getting at. Mm. While at the same time, I will I will admit that I have said in the past that they need to make it a platform instead of releasing a game every year. So maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. But it does feel very samey to Modern Warfare 2, ultimately. Now, there is, again, there's a campaign that is a direct continuation of last year's game. And there is an open world zombies mode, which has never happened before. Um, and I've not been a fan of zombies mode, but I'm going to give it another chance now. So there's a possibility it could be way better. Um, but ultimately, it does feel and play very similar with some slight tweaks here and there. And my guess is, I feel like they're going to roll back some of those tweaks and make it even more like Modern Warfare 2 when it's all said and done. And I'll say this too, like, I did not enjoy Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer all that much. Of the last, like, five Call of Duties, I probably played that one the least. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But... I did have fun ultimately playing it uh, because, again, I hadn't played it for a few months because I kind of stopped playing to try to free up hard drive space. Um, AJ the Legend asked, did you feel better about your KD skills after playing this in your time with Counter-Strike? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, you saw the B-roll. Like, I have no problem getting kills in Call of Duty. Um, I'm guessing my KD for this ended up being, like, 1.2 or 1.3, something like that, roughly. My first day was rough. It seemed like people had been playing for a long time. Like, I got in, I was level one, and people were already, like, level 15 and unlocked a bunch of stuff. I mean, that's the Call of Duty thing. It's like, you have an advantage the longer you've played it because you've unlocked all the perks and all the attachments and all the guns and things like that. Meanwhile, there's me with, like, a pea shooter using the default loadouts or whatever. It takes a little while to relearn the maps and the flow and the choke points and the good places to sit and wait and all that kind of stuff. By the end of the weekend, I was finishing every match with a positive KD. Counter-Strike, that never happened. <laughs> I just, just get my ass whooped from the minute I started to the minute I finished. But again, with Counter-Strike, you have people that have been playing the game for 20-some years or whatever, and they're just going to be good. So um, Johnny Hurricane says, you all ever get a nuke in any of the Modern Warfares? Have I ever had a nuke? No. I've never had a kill streak long enough to fire off a nuke. Ever. I did. Did you? During a review event. Really? Which I don't think counts. Yeah. It kind of does. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was, I mean, my KD <laughs> at Call of Duty review events was usually like 1.6, yeah, 1.7. It's a different, it's a different way. It's not online. Yeah. I've never gotten a nuke online, but I've gotten a nuke a couple times at review events. It like land, the yeah. land stuff. Yeah. I've never had one in a live game. I've never had a nuke. I think what was it? Was it 20 or 25 or something 25, like that? I think was the one. So I've had kill streaks of 20 or 25 before, but they were never in the game that had the nuke. Had the nuke yeah. <laughs> so I've never had one. Have you, Johnny? Have you yeah, ever managed I have, to play? I have dropped two nukes in Call of Duty games. Yeah. So, and they didn't really even matter well it just turns the whole screen white right it just wipes everything out basically yeah. yeah i mean it feels good yeah 
It has to feel good. Um, yeah, I don't know, Johnny, if you've ever managed to do it, but I've never managed to. I don't know if any of you guys in chat have ever managed to do it either. Um, and I'm not a hugely great shooter player, but apparently uh, I do. I did remember things better year to year than a lot of people that came to the review events. Yeah, because so. I'm well, like, I know I've played against you people before, and a lot of you were better than me, but you're not better than me right now, so I'm just going to take it. I knew who all the good players were who were journalists. Yeah. Because if you go to, I would go to the review event every year. You figure it out. Like oh, yeah. after two years, you know who's good and who sucks. Like, and like sometimes that was just like because I wasn't in a game with one of those people. Yeah. You know, where you're like, okay, if you're in the game with that guy, you're not mopping me up. He's got he's got 50 kills. Everyone else has 20. You yeah. Know, like, you figure out very quickly who the good journalists were and who the journalists were who just had to go because they had yeah. nobody else to send to the event or whatever. Or very like quickly. One person. Like thing. our friend Abby at G4, yeah. she was very good. Oh yeah, Abby was very. very she good. and I every review event sat beside each other yeah. and we just sat there for the mm-hmm. whole weekend playing multiplayer making fun of people who <laughs> weren't as good oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway um again don't forget there's a beta coming this weekend you guys all can participate in it's free to download you don't have to you won't have to have pre-ordered the game or anything to play it and it's also on xbox this weekend um, i'm dimfire if you want to add me i'll probably play at least a little bit this weekend although there's a bunch of other games where I have to jump on for... I mean, it's just kind of that way for the rest of the year at this point. So I'll try to jump in there, but I did spend a good bit of time playing it this weekend and kind of got my fill, and now it's kind of waiting for the final version. But there you go. That's the multiplayer beta for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. And that's three, not the number three. That's something that drives me crazy. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. like websites. I know why they do it. It's for SEO. Because when somebody types in Modern Warfare 3... They don't type the three I's. They type the number three. Even though Activision has intentionally used the three I's in this to delineate it from the 2009 game or whatever. But like when I'm curating, like all the websites just use the numerical for every game. Even though like you know Baldur's Gate three is stylized with three I's, but every website mm-hmm. uses three for you know just for SEO purposes for search engine stuff. It drives me crazy, and I'm like OCD about it. So I always change it. So every time I curate a piece of content where they use the number and it's incorrect, I go in and I change it for the curation on Sifted. I know, it's pathetic. But I do have some weird OCDs with grammar and syntax and stuff that I just have not managed to defeat throughout my many years on this planet. So anyway, there you go. That's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 Beta. Check it out this weekend. Our final topic for today's episode is what I hinted at earlier, which was a game that when I saw it for the first time, I made fun of it mercilessly, and I'm just copping to it. I totally lambasted it. I thought it looked horrible. I laughed at it, but then I played it, and I feel completely different about it, mm-hmm. and that is RoboCop Rogue City. I never dreamed that I would be sitting here. I never even thought I would cover it in the show, because I thought the game looked so bad that it wasn't going to be worth covering. I was wrong. So... Assassin's Creed Mirage, I got that intuition. I ended up being right. RoboCop, I got the intuition, and I ended up being wrong. Yeah, I always had a little bit of hope for this one because it's the same developers as Terminator Resistance, which is a lot better than you think it is. Uh huh. Um, for no good reason. Yeah. Like it didn't need to be any better, but like that one's pretty. And this one is even more than that. It's like. Uh, I always remember there's an old Penny Arcade uh, strip from back in the day with um, the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer game on Xbox. And the first panel is just Gabe saying, like, hey, get in here. This Buffy game is great, and I don't know why. Like, <laughs> that's basically this. Yeah. It's like it's like this is... I kept waiting for it to suck, pretty, and it never did. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> This is an a first-person shooter RPG light pseudo open world game, and it's 
about as good as a RoboCop game is ever going to be. It really is. Um, I mean, they look, they could have spent a little bit more money on it, but it would be pointless. Like, this, this, is the, this is the B-level game people complain don't exist anymore. Yeah. And with all the presentational issues that, that accompany entails, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Unreal 5, so sometimes it looks amazing and sometimes it, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> Um, yes, of course you can shoot the bad guys in the groin. Yep, Zayt Saber, you absolutely can. Of course, the two, the two most useful places to shoot them are the head and the groin. Sometimes guys show up with helmets on that inexplicably can take multiple shots from a military cannon. <laughs> I, do, I do love the sound um, effect when you hit the helmet, though. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you just shoot them in the balls, and that's right. the end of that. <laughs> you shoot um, them in the groin. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can rip people apart and... This, this is, game is soldier, gory. There's Soldier of Fortune F. level gore in it this. It is yeah, gore is insane. Very, in this. very violent. I mean, appropriately. Yeah, it, it should it be. Is, it's again, Robocop. again, like they nail the IP in this. They totally yeah, nail every really part. Nail it. All for better and worse. All the best parts of the IP. All the bad parts or the funny parts of the IP. All of it. It's all yeah. in here. It and, is. It is clearly made by people who care about Robocop as the. It is set after Robocop two. Um, yeah, between it, two and three. It is already a better story than RoboCop 3. <laughs> um, There's the lead singer from Prodigy. Yes. as uh, Dude, Rest soot. in peace, by the way. Soot. It's a little the, offensive uh, to me, honestly, that they did that. Is that really supposed to be him? It's or? not supposed to be him. It's just obviously it's like him. him. Yeah. Um, He's now passed away. But he, uh, yeah, so he's the leader of the these... The torch heads. The torch heads. The fire starters. Yeah, exactly. Comes down to it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so the the basic com the basic premise is like the there's a new quote new guy in town. That's literally yeah, what they call which him. Which they never the, explain who the hell he is. Well, yeah, because it's a demo. But it's literally they call him the new guy. Yeah, it's like a running joke in the demo. Yeah, he's a new that guy. They won't tell you who the new guy it, is. Well, yeah, because I'm sure you'll find out eventually. Um, don't you think it's weird though how they it's no. like this thing it's the beginning they keep the... calling him the new guy and nobody ever asks well who the fuck is the new guy nobody knows <laughs> that's why that's why he takes over that tv station because he's like we know the new guy is interested yeah. in deal, and we want to be the people you yeah, do I crime sell with drugs to the yeah. new guy i want you know, i want we want to be the people you do crimes with um so that's why they do this and then robocop shows up and uh that's the thing is like so you walk up and you talk to some people and um and then you go into the tv station yeah and you go in the tv station you walk through the fire the robocop theme plays a bunch of punks run out with guns you blow their fucking heads and balls off and i'm like (laughs) holy shit they did it like this is robocop this is absolutely robocop like yeah um the thing that i wasn't expecting was after the shooting was done there's like it's an RPG. Like there's yeah. a whole open area and you can walk around and solve side quests and scan things and put detective mysteries together and give people parking tickets. And like, it's crazy. Like yeah. it's really pretty good. <laughs> I can't believe like, it. It's Robocop walks pretty slow. Cause he's Robocop. He also, you can sprint, which is like, there's a stick shoved up his ass. Because he, yeah, There is. It's metal. <laughs> right. And uh, you can sprint, which is mostly just like walking slightly faster. But just fast enough to not be annoying. Yeah. Um, the, I saw an interview with the developers who basically said like that was the thing we went we w- went back and forth on the hardest in this game was how fast he should move because oh. you don't want him to move too he fast. He does have a sprint he, though. He does, but yeah. it's just sort of a, a yeah. brisk power walk. <laughs> but like, here's what, here's what I don't get. So what happened out here? 
Like, they're in the TV studio, yeah. and they challenge you, like, send Robocop to the TV. You get here, and it's like a nuclear bomb went off outside the TV station. Oh, I think they just tore everything up as they were coming they in. They just killed everybody they saw yeah. on the way in? That seems to be their MO. I mean, it's Robocop. That's, <laughs> right. what, that's what old Detroit is in Robocop. It's just, like, random shit. Like, yeah. this is Reagan-era shit. It like, is, yeah. They do remember that this it's this is a satire. They uh-huh. do remember that. they, they, they If they... this One of the brilliant things about this game is... This is the RoboCop game they would have made in like 1989 if the technology had existed. Yeah. Like it's got the it's got the mentality, it's got the presentation, it's got like there's a side quest where you're hunting down this dealer who's like apparently underselling he's, he's undercharging for the drugs and the other dealers are trying to kill him and he gets cornered up on the roof before RoboCop gets up there and the other dealers corner him and he's like, "Oh my god, don't kill me." And they're like they're like, "We're not going to kill you. We want to talk to you about your economic theory of what." And it's like this scene where they like argue with him about basically they're going back and forth about supply side economics and like how he's going to like undercut this and then the capital is not going to be there and the product that, like it's it's like econ 101 shit and then robocop comes in and is like i can solve your supply problem it's like <laughs> he's got the best one but it's very funny, like, <laughs> it's, it, funny it, it's yeah. like oh that's absolutely how verhoven would play that scene yeah. it's it's like it's, it gets the tone it gets the idea uh peter weller is back as robocop it's his face and his voice uh, which is cool because peter weller but- has embraced being robocop again Everyone else is terrible. <laughs> and then, oh, the voice acting in this is awful. But then there's also, like, heartfelt moments where you actually make you think. Like, he starts glitching out after yeah. a mission, and people notice because it's on camera. And suddenly the populace is like, oh, my God, RoboCop is, is like, crazy. He's just going to mm-hmm. start killing us. Like, nobody trusts him anymore. And that becomes a huge plot point in the game and actually ties into the RPG stuff because one of the things that you can improve is his psychology. Yeah. It's like I just am completely the, blown away by this. And game. there's all the dialogue choices you can make, and like you have choices uh, of the the three prime directives, which are uh, serve the public, trust, uphold the law, and protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. And all the dialogue choices they var- variously support one or the other, and you have to figure out which one. To, and depending on which one of the prime directives you favor, will change how people react to you. And la- it can make you can make allies or enemies out of various characters, which will come back to haunt you in later quests. Yeah. Um, which is way more than anyone needed to do in a RoboCop <laughs> game. Like it's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, and basically, what you do is you so you show up at the TV station, you fight through the TV station, you finish it off, and then you go back to the police station. Mm-hmm. And once you get back there, they hook you up to this machine, and it like grades you on your last mission, and then you level up based upon how you did in that mission, and you get extra points for accomplishing side missions and all this other like extra stuff that you can do that'll help boost your score and help you level up more. And then you go, and there's a skill tree that you use to level up there's eight different mm-hmm. categories there's like oh, and, and six or seven different upgrades pro, per category pro tip uh the first when you first see that they give you three points to put in put two of them in deduction which gives you scanning that can give you more information when you scan things trust me that's the other thing that's this the first is like thing you want like a detective game too like yeah. you are a cop and you go in and you scan stuff and you find yeah. clues there, and like, there is like mystery solving at least on the level of like the arkham games yeah in this it's crazy it's 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 the best RoboCop game that will ever be made. Like I played another side mission where like this woman's husband was missing. It was like yeah. a forty minute side mission. Yeah. I'm like, what the, the de- hell am I playing? The demo's like three hours long yeah. to do everything. It took me two hours it's, to finish. It's it. Remarkably, it's uh, well clear because also clearly they knew they needed to prove something. Yeah, like, they're like we need to show people what this game is. It's on Steam. It's like forty gigs. Like you can go download. That was it the now. other thing. I'm like, why is this forty gigs? And it's because they give you a whole open it's world huge. section. Yeah, it's really crazy. 
Um, so I was shocked at how much investigation stuff there was. Like, there's also the typical yeah, like the side quests are well. I mean, yeah. they're not they're not very well performed, but they're well written. Written. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Some in Matt said earlier, funny. like, there's eventually you can go out in like this small open world, like downtown area where you go around and like there's criminals just doing stuff and you scan them and it'll tell you if they're up to no good. You find side missions. Mm-hmm. You can, as Matt said, you can write like parking tickets and stuff. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. And it takes place, it does take place in like 1989, or, yeah, 99, but it takes place in the era of Robocop. So yeah. it's still CRT TVs. Yeah. And like there's an arcade you go into where there's way more different arcade machines in there than they needed to design for that scene yeah. but they're in there um there's you can see there's destructible environments destructible stuff, in the game you're constantly destroying things like even like in a little side quest you go in like a chop shop at one point and i shot a guy as he was holding a grenade and he dropped it and all the cars in the entire garage exploded yeah and the whole like like a balcony collapsed like it was little stuff like that kept happening the whole way through this demo like i was just like what is going yeah. on <laughs> the sound effects are all right there the, the footsteps are exactly right the the aim nine pistol is the yeah. aim nine pistol does not sound right in the preview footage it does sound right in the in the demo it does yeah and then like i'll you know how how little use i have for uh controller rumble yeah but the controller rumble plus the sound effect of the aim nine pistol dead on oh they nailed the pistol the machine pistol is amazing like i ended up like you can pick up weapons off the ground assault Mm. rifles smgs i prefer to use the the pistol better oh yeah it's a it's the size of somebody's arm it's the head popper you shoot them in the head and pop in the the fountain of blood sprint it's crazy and the way the game plays out after you, so you don't actually, it's not like open world in that you go back to the police station, they give you the data, you level up and all that, and then you walk out the station yeah. and you walk to the next destination, you go out and you get in a car, which is absurd. Like, you're like this gigantic robot and somehow you're fitting in like a cutlass. <laughs> Yep. We don't we don't think about it. Yeah, and he and drives you, like a maniac. And it shows a cutscene of him driving to the next location, and then you get out, and then there's a little open world area outside the location, yeah, and then you go it's in. It's more like um, it's like Deus Ex. Yeah, that's a like good way little, to put it. Little areas yeah. you can go to. Yep. There's a lot of references to the old ga- the old the movies, like like real like deep level stuff, like the um um like there's references to T.J. Laser, which is the the character his kid likes. Um, that he learned that he does the spinning the the gun thing that's yeah. from that, that in the original movie uh one of the hideouts i was in uh a bunch of guys had nukem the 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 nuclear family like battleship game that yeah. the, there's a commercial for in the yeah, first yeah. movie they have that set up on a table that's awesome. like it's, it's it's really crazy it's, there's there's like love and care in this thing and like when you breach stuff like it shows like go slow-mo you can also get the slow-mo as an actual like standalone ability when you go in for like hostage stuff you have to kill them before before the slow-mo ends or they'll turn and kill the hostages and you get penalized and there was a slight side quest i did where they killed the guy i was trying to save and the side quest just failed Failed. so i had to reload and if you reload it you get a whole other dialogue scene and it it leads into another quest later yeah like you bust in the door and it goes into slow-mo and you have x amount of time before the slow-mo goes away and you have to kill all the terrorists or the and you can get a uh you can get if you upgrade the skill enough you can add time to the slow-mo for everyone you kill during the slow-mo yeah um, also, this the overlay targeting is very helpful. Yeah, it, helps like, you, it pulls people out of the environments that are blending reason, in. There's a reason he has it. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> and one of the things <laughs> I love is you, if you watch while while you move, as you step, the whole HUD rattles with yeah, the steps because you're so, so heavy. Because he's so heavy, which really sells the idea of being RoboCop. Yeah. And he takes tons of damage. Well, the like game he, is different. So this isn't yeah. like a game where you hide behind cover or whatever. You literally just walk straight at the enemies. Yeah. You walk on through. Because you own- can take so much damage and you're just constantly hitting B to like replenish your health or whatever. Like, 
it's just you really are just kind of managing your depletion of health with your replenishing of health and as long as you keep an eye on it like you're good like i don't think i died at all in this no it'd be very tough to die as long as you're keep paying attention i think yeah you can also punch you can pick up objects and throw yeah. them you can throw objects hard enough that it kills people if you hit them in the legs yeah you can throw almost any you can throw other people you can throw yeah. people into things yeah, you can take um, them as a bullet as a bullet shield and, and it's then all throw them it's all physics based so you never yeah. know what's going to really happen which is fun um, yeah. I did throw a guy through a wall at one yeah. point. Like it's just like the wall just crumbled as he fell. It, it, the there's a lot in here. Yeah, the hit detection's great. The aim assist is a little aggressive. Like yeah, it's more like, aggressive than playing Call of Duty. I was going back and well, forth. So, yeah, sometimes sometimes I can see like especially when you're using the aiming with this, it, it'll try to aim itself towards whoever you highlighted last. Yeah. And sometimes I found myself like I highlighted this guy as I'm dragging over to hit this guy, and he'll it'll it's keep dragging back. back to the yeah. other guy. That's the only like really problematic thing i found here yeah like on the in the second mission at the arcade there's all these gas tanks that you pick up and throw and mm -hmm. it's they're there to it's like the way the level is designed they're like here's a tank here's a group of eight dudes use the tank shane yeah. pick up the tank throw the tank and blow up all eight of them at once like the game is encouraging you to incur as much carnage as possible it's great like yeah. because like there is no bonus for doing less damage. No, it's ninth. It's the eighties. Yeah, like the cops can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, even to a degree that, <laughs> we, especially in this world, like yeah. there's no you know. Yeah, um, the music is ripped straight. The from only the thing they the com movies. they complain about is when you do too much police work. Right. Like there's a, there's a quest where they're like, well, LCP won't pay any more money to solve this murder because they don't care because it was a prostitute. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't care if if people are poor. And Robocop's like, we must bring justice, and yeah. like that. And so that's how that starts. Yeah, and yeah. that turns into like an hour-long side quest. Like Matt, this game is way better than it has any business. Vastly being. better than it should be. <laughs> it's like, really insane. Like this is going to be the game where you're like trying to convince people, like, no, really, it's really, good. I'm not kidding. Like it really is that good. Swear We're going to have to do it in like a few weeks when this game comes out for good. I have a feeling. Yeah, the only like there was some. It was a little hitchy and uh, and. Um, Texture pop in. Uh, they did put up a huge patch a couple days ago that fixed a lot of that, uh, which I think I've rarely seen a multi gig patch for a demo, but here we are. Yeah, you um, also scan to solve simple puzzles like the Switch puzzle yeah. and like. Yeah. So, so it runs better now. I mean, it's got the Unreal Engine 5 issues where it's like, yeah, there's going to be texture blur pop in, there's going to mm -hmm. be some weirdness. Um, it's very uneven presentation in places where, like, sometimes it looks amazing. Sometimes you have to stare at Ann Lewis's face for too long. Yep. <laughs> some of the voice acting might be AI because some of it, is it just really, really is doesn't so feel like a human would read really it that doesn't. way. There's a couple of lines that I'm just like, okay, no one inflects that way in English. So either you are not a native speaker or you were AI. I'm not sure which which there's is which. There's typo in the subtitle. There's a lot of there's the a bunch of typos. And... There's a lot of typos in the HUD. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which but whatever. I, which I can't tell is if that's intentional or not. Yeah. Um, but Lando yeah. Shellington asked, "Did you not play the Terminator?" I game? played Terminator Resistance. It's about. It's on the same level as yeah. that. That was all there. Yeah. Um, this is better than Terminator. It is Resistance. better. Oh, absolutely, it's better. But, um, yeah. Well, Terminator Resistance is getting. I think that's coming. The remastered or the revamped new gen version is coming to Xbox at the end of the month, mm -hmm. and it's already on PS5. Uh, that game's pretty good too, and you can get it for like five dollars sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys. These guys basically made like weird preschool garbage for years, and ports of things. And all of a sudden, they did Terminator Resistance, and now they did this. And it's just like, what the hell? Like these Polish guys. This is Polish <laughs> dev team yeah. that just seemed to know exactly how to. How capture did they the nail like all the '80s stuff? Like that's usually that's where this stuff like this fails. I mentioned that to one of my friends and who's from over there, and he said they grew up in it. 
Uh. <laughs> he's like he's like they grew up in Eastern Europe. They know they know what RoboCop's supposed to feel like. <laughs> all and right. I'm like, all right, fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, can someone please give these guys the Predator license? Right. Finally, get a good game out of that shit. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, both Matt and I are like blown away by <laughs> RoboCop Rogue City. Like, yeah. one of the most pleasant I, surprises of 2023. I so would, far. in fact, buy that for a dollar. Yeah, as the lower maybe says. maybe sixty dollars <laughs> for a dollar. Uh, so anyway, again, that's RoboCop Rogue City is coming to everything, including Switch. In fact, I had to like go and double research to make sure it really is coming mm-hmm. to Switch, and they say it is. Yeah, I don't think I'd get that one, that version. Yeah, but, I would uh, probably stick with one of the other ones, yeah. but it's coming to pretty much every platform. Um, it's coming this year, so not much longer to wait. Uh, RoboCop Rogue City, that's Matt and I both in Oh, and their skeleton seems to be one of the devs. Oh, really? We're no huge way. gigantic fans who take this, this film's a bit too seriously. I spent months redoing the music for Terminator. See, like I said, I knew... As soon as the title screen came up and the title screen of RoboCop is a sad piano version of the RoboCop theme from the first movie, I'm like, okay, there's something happening here. Well, here's a round of applause for Endo Shellington. Already for the work that you've done on this game and it's not even done yet. So, yeah. Always great to well see done. devs in our chat. And I'll be honest with you, it seems like every show there's at least five devs yeah. in our chat. So. Uh, welcome to Game Face if you haven't been here before. And I hope you come back. And hopefully you do a good job finishing the game. We're really excited to play more of it. Um, but anyway, that's it for RoboCop Rogue City. It's time we're going to do a little bit of Q&A. We're not going to do a name that game today. So start getting your uh, questions into the chat. Go ask it to games so we can pick them out from all the rest of the comments. But before then, here's a word from our sponsor, SoundWizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. What a resume that is. Mm-hmm. You got Alan Wake 2, which, by the way, whether you're into Alan Wake 2 or not, go watch some of the trailers and listen to the sound in Alan Wake 2. I'll tell you what, that's one part of the game that's going to be awesome. They worked on that. They worked on Baldur's Gate 3. I'm sure all you guys have already played that and realized how great the sound is in that. Go to soundwizardry.com if you need any kind of sound work at all, whether it's games, commercials, trailers, or I just call him sometimes whenever we just have like a problem with like Game Face or whatever, and he hooks me up every time. So anyway, go to soundwizardry.com. They are truly the wizards of audio. Hit them up if you need any sound-related help. Uh, with that, let's get to some Q&A before we finish off the show today. We don't have much time to answer too many questions, but I think you guys are okay. I think you guys would prefer that we talk about the games as much as we can. But maybe we can answer like two. Um, JM Rain, thank you for all the tier one subs. You're gifting to our chat. That's awesome. Um, uh, some people... Oh, I, I saw that um, Pharaoh Doll was trying to get them to pick up the... Uh, mm-hmm. The Predator license. <laughs> the big four like R-rated sci-fi things of, of the 80s to me are Terminator, Predator, Aliens, and Robocop. And so if we want to give these guys uh, Predator and Aliens, uh, I am entirely fine with that. It sounds, <laughs> seems like they know how to do this. 
Uh, Zed Saber, which has the better theme song, Terminator or RoboCop? Um, if we're gonna go first movie, I'd say RoboCop, but I think uh, Brad Fidel's rearrangement of the Terminator theme in Terminator 2 is phenomenal. I go RoboCop. It's just catchier, in my opinion. RoboCop is very catchy. Um, Eth Demon, what do you think? Which is even weirder, they didn't use the fucking theme going forward. Eth Demon's asking about Game of the Year. We never answer Game of the Year questions. Mm -hmm. We always save that for our Game of the Year If you're asking about Game Awards, though, I think that's going to be Zelda. Yeah, for like Keeley's thing? Like what other? But everything, I mean, it's all, it's all, all the big Game Award things are down to Zelda versus Baldur's Gate. Yep, pretty much. There's no question. Um, MK Ness, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. Um... Looks like RoboCop is truly a passion project. Any other IPs you'd like to have? I think he's, he's talking to uh, the developer of the game. Well, he's talking to you. Oh, he is? He highlighted Sifted Games. Oh. But, I mean, I would. I already said Aliens and Predator. <laughs> yeah, we already talked about it. Yeah. Um, AJ, that, we don't have time to, for Matt to give his opinions mm. on. Maybe next I, episode. I thought it was fine. Okay. A lot of people are really bagging on it. Um, what do you think of Midnight Suns? We, we talked about Midnight Suns for like 40 minutes on a prior episode yeah. of Game Face. Just go find love, the episode. I love Midnight Suns. Yeah. It's a shame it didn't do better. Um, JM Rain. Not sci-fi, but what about Arnold's Commando? That could be a game. Best movie ever. <laughs> it could be a game, but it would be just like every other military thing ever. Like, there's no hook there, I don't think. Um, Lesteved, thank you for dropping the Tier 1 subs into our chat. That's awesome. He is obviously the owner of LS Cream. He's a great ally to Sifted and one of your great allies as well. Uh, and then finally, from Mike's Q, is it just me or has comedy movies really fallen off? Everything from the Ben Stiller era onwards seems not worth the time. I honestly haven't cared about comedy movies since uh, Jim Carrey got big. Really? I'm not, a, not into the comedy. I mean, sometimes, but like... Most mainstream comedy films have no nothing to offer me. I won't go to the theater to see comedy movies anymore. Yeah, I generally have. I'm just like, why? I can watch that on my couch and like, I can drink a beer while I watch it and maybe I'll laugh yeah. more at it. You like, gotta go way <laughs> back. For, I mean, you're talking about like Naked Gun. Right. I would see in the theater. Yeah, or, Tommy Boy, stuff like that. Not even that. I don't. I saw Tommy I Boy and I fell asleep that. in the theater at Tommy Boy. I thought it was terrible. And then I watched it again later, and I was like, what was wrong with me that night? Like, mm-hmm. I was just in a funk, I guess, because that movie's hilarious. Austin Powers, I like the yeah. first couple of I those. saw those in theaters, yeah. I, can keep, I can't keep the jokes in those straight, though. I don't. I, I always think the one joke is from one of them, and it's from a different one. Yeah. Um, but in general, like, to- comedy... put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, comedy doesn't really <laughs> age well anyway, so like, to, yeah. me, to me, I'm more interested in stuff that stands the test of time. There's some, like, Mel Brooks stuff is mm-hmm. generally pretty solid, like... I ended up watching the Cannonball Run when I was at that cabin mm. out in the middle of nowhere for that weekend. It just came on the TV, and I started watching it, and, like, it was still pretty funny. Yeah, some stuff does hold I mean, most of John Candy stuff holds yeah. up. Um, a lot of Bill Murray stuff holds up. It just feels like comedy is Groundhog art. Day is an all-time great. It feels like, like horror movies have overtaken comedy films. Yeah, that's true. Horror, horror is a big trend right now. It really is. Honest. And I, don't go, I love horror, and I don't go to the movies to see And I, never, I don't know if... I've only laughed at one thing Ben Stiller has ever only oh, really? done ever, and that's in Mystery Men, when uh, they're doing the training scene, and the Enigma, West Duty, says, uh, you must master your rage. And then he goes, or my rage will be my master? Yeah. That's what you're going to say, right? And he's like, maybe. Like, that was, I laughed at that. That's I the thought only... there were funny moments in the first Meet the Fockers. I just don't like Ben Stiller's yeah. thing. I, actually, I also, I do like in Happy Gilmore, where he says, you can trouble me for a warm glass and shut the hell up. Yeah, like that, <laughs> that's, that's a good that's, line. That's good. He's good in, like, a bit part to me, yeah. but I, I can't watch a movie that's all. I'll tell you when comedy's really over for me is when they when every comedy started to be, 
the poster was all white with a picture of the cast and a red title. Yeah. What the fuck was that? When did that happen? It was like, just why all... is that the universal symbol for comedy? It's just data. They're yeah, like, I... It's just like we talk about like box art for video games. Like A lot of times it's very simple because they mm-hmm. figured out the more simple it is, the more it catches their eye. So I'm sure there's yeah. some kind of it's, focus group testing. It's that funny they watching people get mad that they think the, the covers for the Spider-Man games are so boring because right. it's just pictures of the character. Right. And I'm like... I know you want like a fancy ass, like weird, but I guarantee you they know that the best way to sell a Spider-Man game is to put Spider-Man on the cover with nothing else distracting you from him and go. Yeah. Yep. It makes sense. All right. That's going to do it for Game Face episode 361. Once again, thanks big time to our sponsors at LS Cream and SoundWizardry.com. They are making a huge difference for us, and you can make a huge difference for us, too. You can head to Patreon.com slash Sifted. You can pledge whatever you want per month. A dollar, four dollars gets you all our content early, and by early, you get Game Face four days early, you get Pactor Factor a week early, all the rest of our content at least three days early. Uh, And that's a big difference between our Patreon and a lot of others. A lot of others, you get like a day of exclusivity before it goes on YouTube. We hook up our patrons a lot more. So if you'd like to help us out on a permanent basis, that's a great way to do it. But if you're also, if you don't have any money, there's a couple of different ways you can help us. If you're listening to this show on a podcast app right now, put it down, go and review us on that app right now. It's free and it can make a huge, huge difference for us. We really, really appreciate it if you could do that. And also you can actually give us money for free too. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can help us out by subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash siftedgames with your free Amazon Prime Twitch Prime sub. Just go to the URL I just gave you, and after you've connected your accounts, you just click on the subscribe button, it drops down, choose free Prime sub, and you're done. It takes three seconds once you've done it the first time. There are instructions down below if you're watching this on YouTube on how to do it for the first time. After that, it's easy peasy. So, Matt, thanks again for another awesome show and for opening up your place for us to do Game Face. Thanks to all you guys who showed up on chat, people who are dropping bits and dropping subs in our chat. You guys are flipping awesome. We love all you guys. The fact-checking in real time makes the show better. We're back next week with more big games. I know Forza Motorsport for sure is going to be in next week's episode. A couple other ones. Lords of the Fallen comes out, I think, Uh today or Friday? Friday, I think. And that's like a really good Souls-like. So... Pretty much all the episodes for the rest of the year are going to rock, and we're going to be here for it, and I hope you guys will show up and support us as well. So everybody have a great week. Play some awesome games. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Faces up and out.